Using an overpriced trash bag. Pricey, pricey, pricey. A bag that breaks. Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy. Or a smelly bag. Stinky, stinky, stinky. You gotta snag Hefty's Ultra Strong Trash Bag. Always at an ultra low price. Hefty, hefty, hefty. It has Arm & Hammer odor control, so your nose and your wallet will be... Happy, happy, happy. Hefty Ultra Strong Trash Bags. Hefty Strong, all day long. Hefty, hefty, hefty. Introducing the SD Podcast channel, your one stop source for all types of podcasts. We are always on the look for new podcasts to join our channel. If there is any topic you would like to discuss, contact us now. We can be reached on all social media such as Facebook, Twitter, and or Instagram. You can also contact us by email or leave us a voicemail at 516-570-9248. So make sure to contact us now so you can start your podcast soon. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Jay's Weekend Wrestling Podcast. I am Jay, back at you once again, bringing you all the hits and misses when it comes to professional wrestling. This is episode number 42. And I'll tell you this, I know, I know, it's been about a month since you heard my lovely voice. I know. But, you know, a lot of things have gone down, a lot of, you know, things outside of, of the podcast world. But, I am back. A lot of stuff has gone down since the WrestleMania review that I did. And I'm going to get into all of that here tonight. And um, I'm going to get into it with my co-host for this evening. And let me introduce you to him right now. Sammy Muniz. Welcome back, brother. How you doing? Hey, thanks for having me again. Yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. Anytime, bro. And, and with all the things that have gone down, you know, I, I need to piggyback off someone. And, and, and someone, you know, obviously with your knowledge of the topics that we're going to get into you know i can't have anybody else on here you know so we're going to get right down to it now the gist of this episode we're going to get into AEW. we're going to get into impact we're going to get into nwa we're going to get into the money in the bank preview which is technically what i call the sean stasiak the meat of of, of this episode we're going to get into the money in the bank pay-per-view which is going down this sunday night on the wwe network um and and like I said, with a whole uh, plethora of things that has gone down. Now, first off, uh, we want to get, you know, to the good stuff. But before that, we got to start on a little bit of a sour note. Now, uh, it has been reported uh, yesterday uh, afternoon that yesterday morning, uh, Ashley Mazzaro. Obviously, if a lot of you newer fans don't know who she is, she was in the. Around the time, Sam, right, that uh, they were having WWE divas in terms of more bikini models rather than pro wrestlers at that time. Do you agree with that? <laughs> yes, that's when um, they were trying to find their place with, yeah. with wrestling. Yeah, and uh, she they had something called the Diva Search, and I, I believe she wasn't the first winner. I think Christy Hemme won the first one, so I, I say Ashley Mazzaro was the second uh wwe diva search uh champion diva search winner um she came up in the ranks with girls like candace michelle and michelle mccool and um you know a bunch of other girls uh, from that era maria canellis 
Um, you know, and, you know, unfortunately, you know, at age 39, she, she passes away and a lot of different news articles have come out since then of how it happened. And, uh, like you just told me in our little, uh, pregame, uh, you know, they said there was no criminal activity involved. Um, I've read random different sources, you know, uh, one of them from Shelly Martinez, who used to be, uh, Ariel in WWE. And she was also an impact wrestling, uh, a part of LAX as Salinas, um, Shelly Martinez posted, you know, uh, that my best friend in the industry, uh, is, is, uh, passed away. Some say she committed suicide. I don't have ex- the exact, uh, explanation, obviously, as the toxicology stuff comes out and other reports come out, we'll know exactly what happened here. But, uh, at the end of the day, it's a 39 year old girl, very young girl with a young daughter, who is no longer with us. And uh, that's always a sad thing. Um, she wasn't exactly a legend in the wrestling business, but you know, once you're in the business, you're obviously a part of the, you know, the click, so to speak, you're a part of the, the wrestling family and another, another wrestler has gone. Uh, I mean, uh, how, Sam, how, how come we can't go a year without a wrestling death? Why, why can't that happen? <laughs> um, I think, I think it's what I've been hearing a lot of where wrestling is sort of an addiction. Um, and it, it, it opens up, it, it reminds me of what Al Snow said at one time that a lot of wrestlers come from a hard life. It's like comedians. Comedians come from hard lives and then they go into that road of becoming a comedian and, and they could be great comedians, but it's there like Richard Pryor. What, what we laughed at was his pain. He was really feeling it, you know? Yeah. While yeah. we thought it was humorous, he was really just using it as therapy. And so wrestling is an addiction, just like how you had the wrestlers who died under 40 who were using these drugs, these painkillers and these other drugs. And, you know, it was an addiction. And, and, and you know, we'll talk about it later. We could talk about it later. Even in the series of The Dark Side of the Ring, the recurring theme of the whole season was that wrestling was an addiction and it, was also, it also led to other addictions. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, I mean, with the obvious one probably being like, you know, painkillers and, and alcohol, with the grind that they go through, with all the pain that they go through uh, in terms of all those uh, being, bumps, be, you can get yeah. concussions. Yeah, all That's the bumps. That's what ABC in the tri-state area, the ABC News in the tri-state area was reporting that um, they felt, you know, she, she had to go to court, I think it was sometime this week coming up, she was going to go to court in uh, with respect to... Uh, a suit that she had of uh, from some concussions she felt that she received from uh, her days in wrestling. So, wow! Who knows? And, and and this isn't a girl that participated in many hardcore matches, especially back in them days. You know what I mean? So it it just goes to show you that no matter you know, uh, like you said, it's just all the bumps that they take. And these aren't girls who. And she probably wasn't a wrestling fan growing up. Someone like her who came into the business probably looking for just a quick payday. You know what I mean? Like, she probably ended up loving it later. But a lot of these girls that came in in that era, besides your Mickey Jameses and, and uh, like, your Trish and Lita and a lot of them who came up in the business, a lot of them were probably just models or, or fitness girls and stuff like that. And they came in and they were like, oh, you know, this is a quick way for me to make a buck. And then they actually go through the grind. And, and gain respect for it and end up loving it. And, you know, someone in her case who she had a quick five seconds of fame and, and she probably felt like 
during that time, like she was in Playboy, uh, all the good stuff that came with being in the WWE, she reaped the benefits of. And then when it was over, I mean, she was out of WWE by what, 2008, 2009? She didn't last long in WWE. What did she really do after that? Not much. You know what I mean? So you get that little bit of the limelight. And then when it's gone, it's like, what What do I do now? Well, who am I now? You know what I mean? And I saw her at a convention um, maybe, I want to say, five, six years ago. I went with uh, with a few buddies of mine to an MMA convention that they had in the Jacob Javits Center. And uh, she was there. I think Bobby Lashley was there. Butterbean. A whole bunch of different random, you know, Don Fry. A whole bunch of different guys. Uh, Dan Severn. Um and it, it felt weird to me that Ashley Mazzaro was there because she had nothing to do with MMA. And she wasn't even in wrestling at that point for about maybe three or four years. And she was just there because, and I could guarantee you, unless you were a wrestling fan, you didn't know who that girl was. You probably thought she was just a bikini model walking around. So, you know, she didn't really have a line for people to take pictures, you know. And, you know, it's like when Virgil does a signing and you see those pictures of him and he's by himself. And and then the train station. I mean, it's 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 funny to see. It's comedic, but at the same time, how sad is that? That even someone like him, who was actually in the limelight back in the day, who was kind of a star at one point, you know. And when all that stardom is gone, you know what happens from there when you don't have it anymore. And they said she was fighting depression. I'm sure she was probably depressed because yeah. no one. I mean, other than the wrestlers themselves, who really. Gave two craps about an Ashley Mazzaro at this point, you know. So, you know, it, it's it it it's definitely it's definitely a tough a tough ride, you know. <laughs> I can't say it because I haven't lived it, but I could just imagine, and especially like you said, we'll we'll get into the vice stuff in a little bit. You know, f- people from who either are low on the totem pole or people as high profile as Macho Man Randy Savage at some point. They all have issues, man. <laughs> you know what I mean? Don't it, it don't matter how much money you make, how much of a star you are, everybody has their issues. And you know, unfortunately, like I said, she has a young daughter and um, you know, uh, God bless the family, man, and you know, condolences and you know, rest in peace Ashley Mazzaro. I know uh I don't know if you saw it, man, but uh <laughs> Matt Hardy's wife Rebby uh had an interesting uh response when she found out about it, because they really didn't like each other too much because Ashley Mazzaro used to date Matt Hardy for a little bit and they had their little beef or whatever the case. But uh, she just put like a smiley face and a, and like a, a heart winking face or something like that. And people were getting on her about it. I, I don't know if that was genuinely her response to finding out that this girl died. But if it was, that's kind of messed up. But at the same time, if you really have that disdain for someone and, you know, I, I can't really expect them to, you know, show sympathy over it. You know what I mean? But that's just, I don't know. <laughs> Rebby yeah, is, uh, that, Reb- if, if that's her response, then, um, she's yeah, that's, black, but, that's interesting. Know, <laughs> that's social media for you. You know, yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's the way this world has gone. You know, it's yeah. weird. <laughs> no one has an identity except social media, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So once again, you know, condolences to the family of Ashley Mazzaro. Rest in peace. You know, once again, way too young. Thirty nine years old is way too young. Um, so with that being said, uh, uh, staying on kind of the uh, somber note, Ric Flair had another scare this past uh, couple of days. Uh, so he was admitted to the hospital a couple of days ago. Um, 
and I've been uh, and I've been telling uh, uh, Sam that I, I've I've been going to the Orlando MegaCon this week, starting on Thursday, and I was talking with some people um, about wrestling, and this this older guy came up to us and was like, "Yo, did you hear about Ric Flair? I just got a notification that they declared him brain dead," and I was like, "What? No way!" He was like, "Yeah," and I was like, "I know he's been admitted to the hospital, but." You know, brain dead. And he showed me the article, and and then all of a sudden, all these articles started popping up. But Ric Flair's wife, you know, said that he was supposed to have surgery, but uh, there was some complications. But he should be making a full recovery and all this other stuff. But you know, I I don't know, man. Uh, until I hear from you know either WWE or a huge major news source like maybe a CNN. Or 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 something or something like that. I'm not gonna believe half of these stories that come out. You know what I mean on the internet or whatever the case. It has but, to be uh, a reputable source. If it's yeah. not a reputable source, and then you can't just take it as 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 fact because even even reputable sources could be questionable at times. Or you know, but if it's one of those that you trust, then it's it's something. You know, you see a CNN, a Fox News, a MSNBC. Yeah, he he. Ric Flair is major enough in the mainstream and globally that yeah. people would, you know, report that. But you know, you just have to weed out some of the fake garbage and you know just just you know, pay attention to to what's real <laughs> or what yeah. you know it's real. Absolutely, and and you know we we referenced it a few minutes ago. I would I would love to just get into it now. Uh, the, these Viceland Dark Side of the Ring documentaries that, awesome. that have come out, awesome. amazing stuff, man! Amazing stuff. Now, you had told me you've seen all of them already. The only one I have not seen is the one that just came out with Moolah, but I'm gonna check that out. Uh, probably when we're done here, or, or as early as tomorrow morning before I go back to the MegaCon. But uh, so the ones I have seen, we can get into. Uh, the first one I saw. And it's probably my favorite. And you know what? Everyone that has come after, I've said, you know what? That one was pretty good, too. That one was pretty good, too. Um, was it the Bruiser Brody stuff? Um, I love that one. I love yeah. that one. I, I'm going to say that was my favorite one. But I, I, it's, I could say that about the, the Gino Hernandez one. I yes. could say that about the, the uh, Von Erics. But I had already seen a 30 for 30 short where they did the Von Erics. But this one was more in detail. Yeah, and and the Von Erich one for this one was a little different because they concentrated. Because if you notice the title, it was about the last Von Erich, so it was more about Kevin. Like I spoke to some other people about it, and they were like kind of pissed off that they didn't really that they didn't really talk about Carrie so much, and uh, all these other all the other ones. And I was like, well, if you really paid attention, they were really talking about Kevin. Like this was Kevin's like little thing here, like his story. Um, the one thing I never knew, and and I've said it going in, I was like, oh, I'm gonna check it out, but I think I pretty much know everything about the Von Erich story from the deep from the A Current Affair uh, uh show that they had years and years and years ago, um, all the way to the world class championship wrestling documentary that WWE put out. Um, I figured, yeah, I knew everything already. The only thing I didn't know was the story that Kevin Von Erich told about when his dad Fritz pretty much lost it and pulled a gun out on Kevin and said, shoot yourself. He was like, you don't have balls like your brothers take your own life. And he was like, no, it takes balls to live. And I was like, damn, I never knew that before. You know, and that, that really got me excited about that one. 
yeah, that was, there was, yeah, there was some, some, that was, it was interesting. It was interesting. Yeah. And, I, and, and it was sad because his father was a tough guy and he was struggling. And basically he was just telling his son, it wasn't that he was saying to him and, 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 and initially you're going to look at that and you're going to say, oh, look at him. He's telling his son, it will kill himself. I think he was so heartbroken that yeah. all his sons had died that he said, you know what? Just spare me. Just kill yourself so that I, yeah. I, I, and so that I could, you know, because he probably, he, he probably considered himself with all his boys dying. The first one dies. The one, the thing I didn't know was that the, that they had a younger brother. Yeah. Who's the older brother who died, who tripped over the, um, the got, electric, got, um, the got electrocuted. Of rail. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then drowned in the snow. That was yeah. his, I think that was his, was that his first kid? Yeah, because his name was uh, because obviously Fritz von Erich. His name is not Fritz von Erich. I think his name was Jack Atkinson, and yes. um, he's an American Texas guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he's from Texas. Um, <laughs> playing a playing a German Nazi character. Yeah, exactly. I think his his first son was Jack Junior. So this one was, you know, this is Jack Junior. I think at three. I mean, I think they said seven, but I think it was younger than that from other documentaries I've seen. I think it was about three, four years old and, you know, electrocuted and drowned uh, right there in the water. And I was like, holy shit. So that that series of doom started for that family right there early. And then and the obviously the other one overdosed. Yeah, I thought he David, had killed himself, actually. The one that no, died da- in Japan. Yeah, David. It, it was accidental. That was probably the only one that was accidental. <laughs> Yeah. Well, besides besides the young one getting electrocuted, that wasn't on purpose either. But um, but yeah, they said Dave's uh, stomach ruptured, and then he threw up and choked on it, and he got stuck right there on the bed. And, um, and, and Bruiser Brody was the one, and they tied in because Bruiser Brody was the one who called. Now you see that I didn't know Eric. either. That I didn't know and, either. And he was crying and he couldn't talk. And Kevin's like, "What happened?" And yeah. he's like, "Oh, oh, oh!" Just sobs, sobbing away and. And, Someone and, as hardcore as Brody, you know, it, yeah, it, it just shows you, you know, uh, that these are characters and stuff, but they're real, you know, they're real people and they got love for each other and all that stuff. So, yeah, man. And, and it's funny how it tied into the other, you know, thing with Brody and, and Brody had a probably worse Brody. Uh, the Brody thing to me is just insane how how Gonzalez got away with that and, and unscathed Ridiculous. and nothing ever Ridiculous. happened to him. I was like, how? How and did it's that? It's not happen? like it's another freaking country. It, it's a no. U.S. territory. Yes. So it's, how does it's the like U.S. government US not get involved in it? By. Unbelievable. It, it, it's just crazy. It, it just kills me. It's just like, how the hell did he get away with it? And yeah. and, and years later, Savio Vega was like, I don't care if he tries to come at me. He killed him. I saw him kill him. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's he's one of the only ones. And and I've always had dislike for Carlos Colon over it. I've always had dislike over all of them. And Carlos Colon, yeah, l- listen, I'm Puerto Rican. Sam's Puerto Rican. But you know what? That that don't mean shit to me in terms of what this dude did. Car- I've never been a fan of Carlos Colon. I, I, he was before my time growing up. Um, wh- when I The first time, honestly, the first time I ever saw Carlos Colon was in the 1993 Royal Rumble. And the dude was already 50. Okay, he was already an old man. And the thing that made me laugh was Gorilla Monsoon called him a youngster. I was like, how the hell old are you, Gorilla, that you're calling this old man a youngster? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I, that... I, I'm indifferent to, to Cologne. I, I don't care. You know, but I yeah. don't think that. I think 
especially nowadays, people get outraged. And that's why when you look at the dark side of the ring, when you get to see the last and the final episode, yeah, you're going to see there's... These are some points that I've got out of that series. One, they're people, you know, and I knew that already, but they're people. And a lot of yeah. people forget that and they needed to see it through that. Yeah. You know, two, it's kind of good that Fave has died. I don't know how you feel about it. I, 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 before that, I, you know, I hated that Fave died, but it, it's good because looking in the situation of Bruce Brody, because they really felt he was that character. No yeah. one was willing to actually stick Help up or, 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 or when it came to the cops or whatever. Oh, these wrestlers, that's dumb, you know. And, and, and that's... Yeah, they thought, they thought it was staged. They yeah, didn't they, think he really got stabbed. Yeah. And it's unfortunate. And maybe that's why Kayfabe had to die, so that people can actually live, you know, so that oh, people take Oh, man. It. I, there's one thing I forgot to put in my notes, and now that we're talking about this and this particular thing, like... <laughs> It mm-hmm. kind of got me thinking of of another thing that happened in the UK just a few days ago with with Silver King. You oh know? yes, like oh, yes, Silver King's wrestling Hoovy, and then all of a sudden he catches a heart attack and croaks in the middle of the ring. Fifty years old, and the ref doesn't know what to do with himself. He's just standing there looking at him. He didn't know if it was a part of the show or not, which kind of gets me confused because usually, I mean, it's kind of common knowledge that the refs. At least for WWE. I don't know how it is with these independent shows or or shows in other countries and stuff. Usually the refs know what the finish is going to be. They have an earpiece. Um, and well, like I said, in terms of WWE, they got the earpiece. They're hearing from Vince or, or Triple H or whoever's in the back talking to the refs. They get their cues. And if something goes wrong, they look at the guy and they always put up the X sign for the, for the ambulance to come or whatever the case. Now, this kind of brought me back and we're kind of drifting away from vice for a second we'll get back to it in a second but now i'm on a roll here um it brought me back to a few years ago with with Pero aguayo jr uh what happened with him uh and ray mysterio a couple of years back you know the the dude you know he just got a little drop kick that ray used to set up the 619 with you know like he did in every match he landed on the rope and he just Croaked right there on the freaking ropes. The dude is yeah, dead dangling. Yeah. He broke his neck on the rope. Yeah. What, all it takes is one bad accident. Look at what happened on Saturday with Rose, uh, I forget her name, Namu, the, the champion, the UFC champion. I can never pronounce her name. Oh, yeah, uh, Nama Yunus. Sorry for butchering it. Nama Yunus. She was outboxing and outclassing her opponent, and her opponent's strategy the whole fight was, I'm going to body slam her. <laughs> and all it took was one body slam where she, her neck hit the wrong way. And she was done. Yeah, she and, was and, done. And that, that's, why, that's why, if you think about it, if you look at the ratings, the ratings were poor. But oh, people yeah. expected I mean, a poor fight. They, and, and, and I only saw the main event because someone said, well, give it a chance. It's going to be good. And I said, okay, she's great. She's doing boxing. Then I see that situation, the one bad accident. And I was like, ah. But it takes one moment. And I tell you this though, the the, U- the the UFC is hurting for stars too, man. I know, I know, you know, Jones is still around, and and you know, Cormier's kind of on his way out. He's fighting Miocic again, and you know, they're really trying to push this uh, last style bender out of Sanya kid, who who's pre- who's really good standing. Uh, we haven't seen him put on his back yet, but but the UFC is another organization that you know is just 
is is kind of hurting for new stars. You know what yeah. I mean? And, and, and you know, uh, they, Anderson Silva is still fighting, and you know he. It may he, need Jack Swagger to be the villain that uh, Brock Lesnar was at UFC when he yeah. was doing WWE tactics and people getting angry. But yeah. he got seats. He it's got it's on, it's, seats. It, it's almost a shame that Brock didn't come back to the UFC because. You know, he would have brought the money. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know but I mean? you know what it is? That ESPN Plus contract is complicated things. And yeah. so the way he wanted money and, and to get paid, the structure from what different. reports were yeah. saying, he yeah. wanted the old style where he can make more money. The ESPN Plus doesn't allow that. Yeah. But that's yeah. what reports from reputable sources were saying. And that's why it was off. That's why he Even though Dana, yeah. Dana said, no, it's just off because it's off or whatever because we – have whatever match going on but which is which is a boatload of bullshit because yeah. you know damn well instead of having a rematch of a fight that lasted what around when when Miocic lost to, to Cormier you know instead of having that rematch I'm sure he would have loved to have had Cormier you're Lesnar. gonna get hardcore UFC viewers watching that but you're not yeah. gonna get the general masses and this is why I made a point to my friends I was having a conversation with them uh, a couple of friends of mine um, and I said to them, oh, look, a you know, I don't want to, I know we're going to talk about AEW later, but I said, AEW, TV deal, right? And I said, the it shouldn't be WWE who's afraid because they're not going to be afraid because it's not really going to affect them. But what it should make uh, scared is the UFC. The UFC mm. benefited from the dismantling of WCW. Think about it. You had ratings in the 11 millions per each show, anywhere from 4 to 11 million people were watching these shows. 7 million one week. They were going yeah. head to head. You had all these viewers watching Nitro and Raw, Nitro and Raw. Once that folded, where did the viewers go? They wanted to see something similar. UFC. Yeah. You have a lot of WWE, WCW fans who became USC fans. Yeah. Yeah. And, if and, and, for, and for a long time, when, when UFC went to Spike... If anything, uh, uh, Impact TNA was like the the lead up to to the Ultimate Fighter for like years. You That's know, how uh, Bellator was able to succeed. Yeah, because of Impact. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people don't get the correlation of how pro wrestling and MMA are kind of married in that way. Mm -hmm. That a lot of people really don't know that MMA pretty much. You know, the, the first big MMA promotion ever, I think, was Pancrase back in the day, right? So. Pancrase was called hybrid wrestling. It wasn't called mixed martial arts, even though that's what it was. But if you look at the, those old Pancrase fights, you couldn't even you couldn't even close fist punch a guy. They would have to palm strike each other and slap each other along with the kicks and the knees and the submissions. And guys like Boss Rutan and Ken Shamrock and Frank Shamrock and and uh, uh, a guy who's real big right now and and a Japanese legend. Uh, 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 not, Damn it! What the hell is his name? Uh, Suzuki Minoru Suzuki. Um, he was a founder of that, and and, and Tanaka. I forget how I would say his if, first name. If you want to go even further back, the first yeah. real MMA fight was Muhammad Ali against Antonio Noki. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And if but you, he, but even that had kind of like little special rules to protect Ali. Exactly. It Lord did. knows, Noki would have murdered that card, man. Right? You remember what the undercard was? Oh, yeah. Was? I think it was Andre the Giant and Chuck Webner, right? Exactly. So, you yeah, had the rest of the boxer again going on. They were they were trying to create something. Yeah. The thing is that you're going to always have boxing fans who see boxing, and they're going to be a separate segment 
of the population that that is going to watch it. it yeah. This past Saturday, the boxing main event was spectacular in comparison to what UFC was doing, and yeah. it, and it showed in the numbers because it peaked at like I think it was like two point seven million viewers. Yeah, and this was on Fox, so. I think Fox is going to help WWE. And I think the move of UFC leaving Fox to go to ESPN, even though ESPN's reputable, it's great. Disney's going to do a lot of big things. I think WWE is going to take the shine and it's going to set up something with AEW now on TNT because you're taking that away. You have these uh, MMA matches going into streaming platforms that not everybody's used to it yet. We don't know about the zone yet. We don't know yeah, about ESPN right. Plus. Yeah. That's and right. and Bellator's on the zone. ESPN Plus has USC, but now you're putting AEW on TET and even better because it's free, you're putting um um what's this? WWE on Fox plus plus this. I'm gonna I'm gonna take it to another level. NWA seems to be taking over ROH. Yeah, you know, I can see. I, yeah, I can see that. I, I and the thing is, we spoke about that before. And um, I, and Sinclair owns them, and Sinclair just purchased all of the Fox regional sports networks, uh, and that's major because now they're a big player. Now, who gives sports? It's going to be ESPN, Disney, Fox, and Sinclair through their stadium channel. Yeah, and I've been telling everyone that that wants to hear it: stadium, 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 stadium. Watch out for that. It's free. It's over the internet, and it's free over the antenna. Yeah. People are getting it for free. Now these people own all these major sports shows and teams, uh, the, the, the programming for it. They're going to source some of the content onto their free antenna channels. Now they're going to have a schedule there that's probably going to look better than ESPN talking all their politics. Yeah. And what's going to happen is... They love wrestling. The, the 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 upper management, the corporate guys, the corporate board loves loves wrestling. That's why they keep pumping money into RH. And now they're like, "Hey, NWA, take over RH. Why do not your, do your events? You know? Why not? Because ROH, and we said it before, ROH looks like it's a drowning. If if Sinclair didn't love it so much, I think ROH would have went under a long time ago. To be honest yes, with you, I agree because. I mean, who do they have? I mean, Triple H and, and one conversation I had with with, with a dude in, in, in the convention yesterday, um, he was saying Triple H on his own with running NXT has pretty much raped the independent wrestling scene. They took everyone the, and, and and we could we, after, you know, because I'm gonna go back into the vice stuff real quick, but. When AEW, we're going to get into the AEW stuff. My thing is, who is out there worth noting to sign? I don't know. You know what I mean? Uh, who's still out there that's not an impact, that's not in WWE, w NXT, NXT UK, among all the other 205 Live, all this other stuff. And, and, and then you have New Japan. You have Ring of Honor, who's floating around. Um, then you have... Uh, um, AEW, it's like, okay, who is AEW? Who's left to sign? I don't see who's left to sign unless they merge like with another company. Like you said, NWA, if they take over Ring of Honor, if they take over, you know, if they keep doing partnerships with like the Mexican organizations and New Japan and all this other stuff like it used to be because that's what NWA used to be. They used to be the governing body of all wrestling and every 
promotion would be governed through the NWA. Obviously, that's not going to be the case because WWE is the big dog. No pun intended, Roman Reigns. But WWE is the big dog in, in the yard here. Then now you have other little puppies of organizations hanging around. And it's like, unless, like, let's say Impact, Ring of Honor all come to the to the opening arms of Billy Corgan, that's the only way I see another superpower WCW-type organization going down. I, I agree. I, you know, it's one thing to have money and funding. It's another thing to have the talent. And, and can you imagine, or even if, if, if Khan himself teams up with Billy Corgan and all of that happens, then you have a freaking monster roster on your hands. Now you know what I mean? Have, yeah. <laughs> at, at that point, yes. If, 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 if the thing is, the thing is, here, here's, here's what it is. Um, AEW can have a, a talent pool to pull from, but they're trapped under impact and lucha underground and and that and that's what's happening and so aw but here's the thing is lucha underground even still a thing no i know that angelico just recently signed with aew lucha underground let him go yeah him and jack evans yeah so it's you know look look at that look i look at the talent like we joked around before we started this call you know and and before we started this uh this podcast sorry and um, we joked around on the call before we, this, we started this podcast. And we said, oh, Inca- Im- Impact is on. Forgot, totally forgot about that. <laughs> you know? But I, I did take a look at what talent they have. They have that Ace Austin kid. They, yeah. have, they have those uh, rascals. They have uh, Brian Cage. Oh, they just. Speaking of that, you know Killer Cross is on his way out, right? Yes, because I heard they want to give him minimum. Yeah. So, you know, you know and- that that there, you know, there's my answer right there. There's one guy that I thought of who is going to be a potential free agent right now, and and someone like Eli Drake. That's another one. Where's he going? You know what I mean? I, I or- see him going NWA. NWA. Yeah, oh. and 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 a lot. What a lot of people don't know, what a lot of people are not aware of is that uh, Billy Corgan owns a company, Lightning One. Yeah. And Lightning One purchased all those little um, companies like United Wrestling Network. Yeah. Which is uh, wrestling from Hollywood or Championship Wrestling from Hollywood, Championship Wrestling from Arizona. Yeah. And Impact used to steal their wrestlers from there. Yeah. You know? And that's where they got Eli Drake from. So it's a natural fit for Eli Drake, just like the Reno Scum, to go back to those championship Hollywood. But instead of doing it, because they're, they're, it's more of a minor league type wrestling, even though NWA uses it and showcases, you know, Nick this occasionally and whatever. And yeah. you can see the change and the transition they made from when Billy Corgan stepped in, because it was like a two-bit studio. And now it, it, it's looking more like a stadium, Okay. It's looking more like an arena, which he took the impact flow, and you can see it in their telecast. Um, Eli Drake would be more of an opponent in a grudge match series with, say, um, Nick Aldis, because you have two yeah. former world impact champions now. You can build, you can build them again. Um, you have MLW, but MLW wrestlers. I was just about to impact. get into MLW, yeah. And, know, and and MLW got uh, picked up Austin Aries. Remember last time we spoke, I was like, where the hell has Austin Aries been? 
and uh, apparently he's he's MLW's latest sign. So uh, I, I guess they're trying to bring you know more eyes to the product. Now my thing is, and and and, uh, and once again, uh, double or nothing is coming up. Probably what within the next week and a half or so. Next Saturday. Um, Not next even Saturday. So less than a week. Brian Pillman Jr. is on that pay per view. He's an MLW guy. Now here's the thing. And I've asked this a few times, and and I think you've answered it before, but a lot of these guys that are going to be performing for AEW, are they still going to be doing their other promotions that they're a part of? Because I know, or, or is are they going to end up strictly being AEW guys? It, that's still a mystery to me. The thing with AEW and what they seem to be wanting to do, um, it's ambitious. Can they complete it? I don't know. What they're trying to do is they're trying to... Just, you know, they're trying to disassociate from the label of contractor and make wrestlers employees. Because if you're a contractor, you should be able to work with whoever. But yeah. WWE has them as contractors, independent contractors, yet they don't allow them. They put these restrictions in place that yeah. don't allow them to compete with, you know, competitors or, 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 or without authority, right? So what AEW does and what they're attempting to do is make them employees and give them benefits that employees get, like insurance and stuff like that. Those things that the WWE wrestlers may or may not get. I don't know the specific details of their contracts, but, you know, they're independent contractors. So if AEW looks at it as an employee, they might restrict them from competing with other companies. But since they said they're open to working with these other companies, it could be that they will allow them. But it seems as if, everyone's beef is with impact as impact is trying to pull a restriction on all their wrestlers from going and wrestling in other uh, organizations. And so therefore it looks like they're everyone from AEW to NWA is willing to work with everyone except impact, <laughs> which is weird. Cause you would think impact is in a rebuilding stage and they would want all the publicity they can get. So they All would allow, they have on their allow yeah, allow those guys to work other spots, you know, representing impact, you know, representing, you know, holding that impact banner like, oh, you know, we are impact, blah, 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 you know, and you can have impact versus MLW, which have, which have, they've done, I think. And you can have impact, you know, in the NWA and all this other stuff. But, you know, that just goes to show, you know, uh, what... What impact has been all this time? And my question is, with Killer Cross on the way out, does that mean he's taking Scarlet Bordeaux with him? I don't know. Because, you know, they're an item. And, you know, the old adage, you know, you lose you lose the guy who's dating the chick and then the chick ends up following suit. You know, I mean, it, I guess it depends how much they're paying her. But, you know, if they end up... Uh, because uh, Scarlet Bordeaux won't be able to take that character to WWE. I'll tell you that much right now. Um... Uh, because that character is too over the top in terms of, you know, that that's pretty much what Sable was back in the day. That's pretty much what Sonny was back in the day. Uh, that's an ECW style of, of diva, if you will, or, or, you know, whatever. But, um, but yeah, man, I mean, we, you know, we get sidetracked on this show. That's what we do. You know what I mean? So, so going back, yeah, <laughs> it's, been, it's been a while. So going back to the to the Viceland stuff, we talked about the Von Erics one. You know, we got a little bit into the Brody. Um, now I saw, I think right after the Brody one, I think I saw the Macho Man Randy Savage one, along with with him and Liz and all that stuff. And um, and 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 growing up, 
you know, hearing stories about it, we heard the stories about how possessive uh, Savage was with Elizabeth, you know, how he didn't really let her hang, you know, around the boys and stuff like that. And he was real possessive and, and real insanely jealous of, of, of Hogan uh, uh, being around her and stuff like that. Hey, he and, did a whole rap album about how much he hated Hogan. <laughs> hey, that was amazing. And I'm sad they didn't mention that. <laughs> they did in, in passing. They did. It yeah, I mean, they, they did that little interview with him when he was in the gear and all that stuff after Liz died. That was around that point. Um, but yeah, man, um, you know, the whole the whole Savage Hogan feud early on in WWF was some good shit, man. Yeah. I remember seeing that that Saturday night's main event episode where he attacked Hogan in the back, you know, while Liz was on the, the little gurney and stuff. Oh. That was awesome, bro. Was awesome. <laughs> and yeah, Kayfabe, that's why Kayfabe had its good points, but King of the the the, the Dark Side of the Ring showed you where it had its bad points too. Yeah. And, and and I miss it, but I don't miss it. But and, I miss it. <laughs> and even my dad, like my dad texted me the other day and he was like, yo, have you seen these documentaries? I was like, yep, yes, I have. And he was like, yo, I'm watching the Macho Man one right now. He was like, yo, great wrestler, but a dick of a husband. I was like, <laughs> I don't know. They, they, they just, it was, it was, it was hard. It was hard because yeah, he, he, he seemed possessive. But if, if you remember what Jake Roberts said, when Jake Roberts did the, the pawn slap thingy to her neck, which was yeah. supposedly looked like he slapped her, uh, Elizabeth's grandfather didn't let Macho Man in. He said, you swore you protect my daughter with a rifle. Yeah, said, yeah. You know? <laughs> and then he goes on with the famous line, wrestling is real, people are fake. And that was, yeah. that was great. But it was great. It, it's hard because then what happens? Then Then... She goes and she goes to Miami and it's they allude to her doing something when she left um the Hogan's um Yeah, like she room. met up with some guy and and he gave her like a room in, in the house or whatever. And uh, yeah, man. We, we it was don't just... know. We don't know what happened. We don't know but their then life is private for the most part. And then Linda Hogan was saying how Savage came into the house and like threatened her, like you know, don't leave this chair, you know, blah blah blah. I'm gonna go yeah, look yeah. for Liz. Crazy. You come out of this chair, something's gonna happen. And Hogan is standing right there, and he didn't say shit. I no, was he, like, he did. He pulled him out. He did pull him uh, out. He uh, said, <laughs> he said, we have to. Randy, you gotta have go, to brother. Like, you gotta go. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say, yo, if someone is standing there talking to my wife like that, I was like, yo, bro, you need to calm your shit. And I was like, especially if I'm a six foot, six foot six, three hundred pound dude looking at Savage pointing at my wife. <laughs> yeah, and he had to tell him, yeah, you have to. And I think they, they, they I think she said it nicely. Like, yeah, I think it was a little bit more like, get the hell out. We, we, we yeah, get out. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Out of respect so, for the dead, she she was like nice about it, but yeah, reality yeah. is it probably wasn't that nice. Yeah, I don't think so. So, um, I think uh, going. I think my favorite part about that is when Jake was like, uh, he was gonna do the snake biting thing, and uh, how Randy was all like, "Hey man, that snake is fixed, right, brother?" Yeah, <laughs> but it, it's a great story to hear. Yeah, and then he's like. He's like, yeah, man, trust me, he, he he's good. He's good. I was like, oh, you know, he better be. And if he isn't. No, because know. it was Macho Man's idea. He said, you ever let it bite you? He's like, no, I never let it bite. What if we let it bite me out there? He goes, all right. And then he's like, 
And he was yeah, like, he, why, he, why don't you test it on yourself? Him on the leg. Yeah. He was like, why don't you test it on yourself there, brother? And he was like, are you serious? He was like, <laughs> he made him wait yeah. for an hour. He was he like, made, hey, no serums, no, no antidotes, no serums, no nothing, man. Just sit there. <laughs> I was just like, he made him wait Yo. an hour and he was just so pissed. Like, Jake was just sitting there, like, you motherfucker. Like, are you kidding me? He's like, yeah. <laughs> Until he felt like, okay, it's not poisonous. He was like, all right, you proved it to me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yo, man, I I mean, Randy Savage is one of my favorites, man. I can't even, yeah, I mean, I I didn't know him personally, you know what I mean? But, uh, you know, he's just a larger than life character in and out of the ring. Like, yeah, I don't know, man. He was just one of my favorites. Um, and, And it's a shame, you know, they played the the 911 call with Luger and all that other stuff. And obviously Luger was in a bad place and Liz ended up falling for him. And it was just rough, man. You know, like she ended up. And the sad thing is. And yeah. Yeah. And the thing is, the sad thing is you, you kind of think to yourself, yeah, it was a little, you know, toxic probably with Randy, but she probably would have still been alive. You know what I mean? If she would have stuck stuck it out. You know what I mean? Because at least Randy, like, really loved her. You know what I mean? Who knows what Lex Luger, you know, Maybe you know, she felt. Maybe a guy that wasn't in wrestling. Maybe she just needed Exactly. To... A normal dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's what she probably needed. A normal dude. You know what I mean? Because I think, what, they said they met in a gym? Like, she was the gym manager or something like that? And then yeah. Macho Man saw her and fell in love with her right away. You know, so I don't know, man. But, but yeah, man. And then the whole the last one I saw was the Gino the Gino Hernandez stuff. And oh. yeah, that was some crazy shit, man. I, kinda, was, I still, I still can't. I still think someone killed him. I think so too. I I, 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 just, I just don't know, buy the whole overdose thing. Yeah, the the fact that uh, I think. It was the recording of that dude's voice that was muffled, you know, for to so he could hide or whatever, saying, "Oh, you know, I want the family to to be at rest." You know, uh, you know, he he died because of drugs. Nobody killed him. I, I still, like you said, I still think he got murdered. You know what I mean? Because you know, uh, I I used to hear the stories all the time of how paranoid he was that people were after him and all that stuff. And um, apparently that night he went home with like some hookers. I don't know, uh, like. Like the girl that that said that she was with him that night or whatever, like it was just weird. It, it's a weird story with Who the are you whole. Talking about Lady thing. Blossom, his friend. That was wasn't that Austin's ex-wife? Lady Blossom, I think she was. She married Chris Adams, if I remember correctly, and then she divorced him and left him for Steve Austin, and and she ended up marrying Austin. Um, and she even managed them for a little bit in USWA and WCW. Um, I think, yeah, I think that was Austin's first or second wife, if I, if I remember correctly. Um, but yeah, man, the whole Gino thing was a, was a crazy story. And the first time I heard it about him was in that W, uh, world-class documentary that WWE put out. And, uh, what was that manager? Uh, Gary Hart was talking about him and he was like, you know, I got pictures of a lot of my guys, but, uh, I can't look at the one of Gino. I just can't, you know, his, he kept saying how his demons got, got the better of him, you know, you know, with the, with the drugs and with the people he was hanging around and all that stuff. I do believe that he was selling drugs. Oh yeah. Yeah. Because you got to think what type of money was he really making in world-class back in the eighties? Now, probably not much. 
He was you know? making some money, but not as much as I, I think he had to live up to the lifestyle. Because remember who Gino was always around, Tully. Before that, Tully, you had Jake the Snake, but Tully was a big influence on Tully Blanchard. I saw an interview, a shoot interview with Tully Blanchard, and he was, you know, tearing up and stuff. And he said, you know, it was hard for him to talk about Gino. And he said, you know, I should have fought harder to get Gino here because he had actually tried to get Gino to come to Atlanta. Well, he, he was supposed to be a horseman, if I remember yes. correct. That, if, you, if you think about it, the horseman always had a problem getting the fourth member. Yeah. It was Gino. That was their, well, that I was mean, their guy. Uh, well, I mean, because when the if, horseman if first about it, got together, Oli was an old man already. He wasn't really doing stuff, and you know it was just Flair, Tully, and Arn for the most part. And like you said, they always scrambled for that fourth guy. At one point, it was Barry Windham. At one point, it was Lex Luger. At one point, it was Sting. At one point, it, it was Everyone Sid. That they you know, put in wasn't a talker. Tully was a talker. Yeah. Arn was a talker. Rick was a talker. You needed a Gino. Gino yeah. was a talker. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he was a dresser. He lived their lifestyle. It's yeah. not like when Lex Luger hung out with them, he was drinking milk. He yeah, lived yeah, yeah. their lifestyle. <laughs> he was just like them. Gino was yeah. cut from the same he, cloth. He would have been perfect. He would have been perfect, you know. And, and you know, he was living. And I think if he was partying with, like, Rick and all those guys, he probably wouldn't have, wouldn't have got with the people he got with. I mean, maybe he would have. I mean, you know, Who he knows? probably would have anyway. But uh, he probably wouldn't have need to have been selling drugs if he was making that WCW money. You know what I mean? That horseman money. You know, because the horseman drew. The horseman drew a ton of WCW, money. WCW, NWA was big, big Yeah, time. yeah. You know, because... WCCW I, was more regional. And yes, yeah. it was big. And yes, they were filling I mean, at one point, 60, at one point they were people. a part of the NWA at one point, but Fritz, you know, made it his own and... You know, the same way Cowboy Bill Watts uh, made the UWF his own and and all these other, you know, federations just kept breaking away. Um, but, yeah, man, uh, like I said, it wasn't like Gino was making Von Eric money. You know what I mean? It, it, he wasn't he was a he was a main eventer, but he wasn't like the main event, you know, you know, like that, like him and Chris Adams were a tag team and then they broke up. Then they had their feud. Um you know, people actually thought, and I know you you saw it. People actually thought Chris Adams murdered him because he yes. blinded him, <laughs> and that brings back to your point about kayfabe being super strong back then. People were actually giving Chris Adams' name to to authorities because on a wrestling show, you know, Gino blinded him. You know what I mean? So it just shows how strong kayfabe was. You know, in the eighties, definitely in the eighties, and and all that time. And it was so crazy, man. 29 years old. You know, I mentioned Ashley Mazzaro being 39. This dude was 10 years younger and 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 was found. You know what I mean? Like, they said, if anything, they said he was dead for like four or five days before they found him. Yeah. Um, which is insane. They said he must have not even been recognizable at that point. Um, the autopsy had him as an obese man. And he wasn't obese. Morbidly obese. Uh, uh, a Spanish man when in reality he was white. Um, and, and they said, well, not to be graphic, but they said he was like, uh, circumcised or uncircumcised. And apparently, you know, they say he was like, you know, Austin's ex girl and mm-hmm. his ex wife and all that stuff. So, you know, it is a lot of shadiness with that stuff. And, you know, the guys he dealt with, 
Um, but yeah, I mean the the Vice guys so far, and like I said, you saw the Mula one. Um, I've heard a lot of bad things about Mula. Um, pretty much, you know, nothing. Probably I haven't heard. So if you want to get into that, uh, what exactly well, did they talk about with Mula? What's interesting is this, and and the social media outrage machine. That's the third point I think that they were trying to make on Viceland, which is the social media outrage machine, basically doesn't allow you to truly know what's going on. You just get outraged. Ah, I don't like, you don't know the full story, but you just want to shame somebody because you want to feel good. And that's what happens now with this this culture, right? So the social media outrage machine was putting out that she was pimping out every girl and that, you know, prostitution, she was a pimp, abusing the women, rape, all this stuff. That and, and taking like a cut from like their pay, oh, right? Oh, like, she was she loved the money. She was greedy about the money. No yeah. one disagrees that with that. Um, did she try to hurt certain women in the ring or hurt their career? Yes, yes. The documentary talks about that. However, a lot of the women that were there, even women that said, "If I saw Mula, if I, if Mula was alive today, I would slap her, her face." There was one woman that said that, right? Was and that a, the, was that Wendy, Wendy Richter? No, no, Wendy Richter, they go into the whole story of Wendy Richter. Oh, okay. Basically, Moolah set back women's wrestling 30 years. Damn. So, because of what she did to Wendy, Wendy Richter uh, for her own gain, and she had Vince McMahon's loyalty, she set back the women's uh, wrestling movement. With Wendy that, Wendy Richter. Now, you see, that's what I was going to ask you. Like, all that time of Moolah doing all that stuff, and it kind of brings me back to... Uh, and you probably remember, uh, there was like a Jerry Springer style, like, or even Maury Povich, I want to say more this guy, style of uh, talk show host named uh, uh, Phil Donahue back in the day. Yes. And um, Phil Donahue had a show where a lot of the guys, and Vince McMahon was on it, I, I believe Dave Meltzer was on it, um, a- along with a bunch of other guys, and uh, Randy Orton's uncle, Barry Orton, uh, Barry O, he was a jobber, but... uh. A lot of those guys were on there talking about uh, Pat Patterson and 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 uh, Terry Garvin and and some other people who were like, you know, trying to uh, give sexual homosexual favors to some of the guys to make their careers go higher and stuff like that. And Vince McMahon's thing was like, oh, if this was happening, how come you guys didn't bring that to my attention or whatever the case? And they were saying how Vince turned the blind eye to it and all that other stuff. How many of these chicks do you really think actually attempted to go to Vince McMahon and say, hey, listen, Moolah's doing this to us, and he probably just turned the blind eye to it? Well, who knows? Yeah, it's it's possible. But but the thing is that one of the women in particular who used to have a Native American character, right? Yeah. Um, she used to portray a Native American character. She wasn't. But she had injured her neck. And they were talking about how they lived on the ranch and she had a ranch and basically she would charge $300 rent and then she would take 25% of their bookings because in reality, she was the one that knew the bookers and she was the one setting up the matches for them. So they were just going, doing the matches, she said. And she had no qualms about that. She actually was interviewed about it and she said it. She said, I'm doing all the work, all the legwork, all the booking, all this and that. Um, I think it's more than adequate for me to take 25%. All they have to do is just appear. They're, yeah, they're, you know. So, so you got to figure Vince gave her some sort of authority to do that because if 
if she's taking money off of the girls, that means she's taking money out of Vince's pocket. Yes. Yes. So so what happened was even this wrestler that she said that when she got injured, um, she got sent to the UK. Oh, this promoter, you know, she tried to be suggestive, like maybe you should sleep with some promoter, the promoter, give me money. She said, Don't don't tell me that. So she was like, I'm not saying that, I'm not saying that. So when she got there, the promoter, she said he was so ugly. And then he <laughs> said he tried to lay with her and that she beat the promoter away. And that when she got back to the States, that Mula was angry. Oh, you got him all riled up. He's angry now, whatever. She said, I'm not going to sleep with him. I'm not, whatever. And that Mula, you know, held back, whatever. But at the end of it, right, because they also discussed one of the first black um, female wrestlers, uh, Sweet Georgia Brown was her name. Yeah, yeah, I remember. And they talk yeah. about her and how she had all these children that were mixed-ish, mixed you know? Like that new show that's coming out, Mixed-ish. So yeah. they were half white, half black. She you know, and Mula was with a, a guy who was a promoter before who was a real scumbag, and that was her partner, and she kicked him out finally, and he was her co-booker, and she kicked him out finally because he kept sleeping with the girls, and he kept abusing the girls, and so Sweet mm. Georgia Brown was one of the women that were taken with, with him, with Buddy, I forget his name. So anyway, push come to shove, you hear all the stuff about Mula, and all these people talking bad about Mueller. Um, but at the end of it, they're all like, you know, she's not here to defend herself. So uh, whatever, it is what it is. I probably would snap or whatever this and that. But they're like, you know what? Whoever's spreading all those rumors about her and 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 creating all the, this backlash, stop, please. They all wanted it to stop. Wow. Which is interesting. And they're like, because you're spreading rumors and you and the last and it ends with her saying, you're spreading rumors. And and you and you, because you know this social media outrage, they don't care. They just I, I want to punish. I want to punish. I want to punish. You know, and she's like, you're saying you're referring to me as a prostitute and a whore, and I'm not. And she's teary. Yeah. And she's saying, you know what? I wasn't a prostitute. I didn't do that. I didn't go through that. And then over, like they kept interviewing many of the women that Mula had worked with, and yeah, they said, you know what? They said she never did anything to me. She never did any of that stuff. Eighty percent, they were like saying like eighty percent of the people that they interviewed or something like that, that said no, she was just an asshole. That's all it is. And they're like, <laughs> you can't just erase her history because she's an asshole. Yeah, basically yeah. referring to the the whole Mueller Memorial. Uh, oh, the battle the, bat the battle royal. Yeah, they're like you can't just erase history. She, she it's part of the history. Just because they were the asshole, and that and that's what they were trying to say. The whole social media thing, the outrage. Just because you don't you think somebody's an asshole or or, or someone is just uh, uh you know in their private life just does things you don't agree with, yeah, doesn't mean you erase everything, whether it's good or bad. It well, led to uh, the, well, like the you said, it's it, it's the whole for me, and I've asked this question to a bunch to a bunch of people, and no one seems to have a clear cut answer for the most part. Um, me being born in, in the mid eighties and, and growing up pretty much in the nineties and all that stuff. Uh, I grew up a certain way and, and, and I would wanted to know like when, cause I'm technically a millennial me being, I'm only 32 years old, so I'm technically a millennial, but I don't have the same millennial type feelings that a lot of these people do that 
to to the point where I don't get easily rattled or offended by things. I things don't really hurt me or irk me that much to the point where I have to kind of bitch and complain online about it. What I want to know is like at what point did the tide turn where everybody all of a sudden is offended at everything and and just got plain soft after a while? Like when did that happen? You know, I, I don't understand. You know, some know. people say some people said social media did that, which you just brought up the point about social media outrage and uh, you know, and, and it's just like look look at the things that's going on with Lars Sullivan, like like lately, like they they're bringing up all this stuff that he said and 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 did when he was a teenager, and and he's going through it now. WWE put out a press release. Supposedly he got fined a hundred thousand dollars, and um, he has to go to like uh classes and take courses sensitivity classes and and do like events and stuff like that for like uh racism that garbage especially when they're giving him a monster push right now i don't think so i i i honestly don't think they find him a hundred thousand dollars i just think they put that out there to shut everybody up so they could say oh look wwe is doing something about it you know what i mean but my thing is nowadays they could just go on your social media and let's say you go for a job interview. Nowadays, they can go to your Twitter and see 15 years ago, you said some nasty shit. Oh, I'm sorry, you can't get hired. Or someone could lose their job or get called in for something that they did way before they got the job. It's like, you know, what type of crazy world are we living in that now at a very, very young age, you have to walk on eggshells because, oh, maybe in 15, 20 years, people are going to see this shit. You know what I mean? It's insane right now. Because the society at large has lost the um, ability, the capability to forgive. Yeah. People just want to, they don't want to forgive you. They just want to be angry at you and be hateful towards you because they're not, they're never going to be satisfied. That's why, you know, you can never apologize. I had a a friend of mine whose business was affected by something that happened in social media. Wow. And, um, I, you know, he, he wanted to do some damage control and, you know, we try to help him, and, and, and everything he encountered, even with YouTube and with Google, in trying to rectify the issue, it just, anytime he trended upward, it would trend back downward. It was like the trolls would, would, were relentless. Yeah. And, you know, it affects his, his bottom line with his business. And so it's just like people are unforgiving. And it's sad because if we were all individually, and in, 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 in we go back to the dark side of the ring, if you look at the lessons, what they're trying to say is we're human beings. You know, we make mistakes. You know, Lex Luger made a mistake, but he upped, you know, he upped his mistake. He, he came out, he admitted to his mistake and, and came out like yeah. a man and, and, and acknowledged it that even Eric Bischoff was saying I hated him until the moment that he acknowledged that he was wrong and came out honest about it. Yeah, um, yeah. The whole thing with um, the whole uh, the the um, the Von Erichs. Sorry about that. The Von Erichs, when he was saying that, and, and and when you look at the whole thing that his father told him to take the gun, yeah. you know, nowadays people be outraged. How could you say that? But you know what? He was hurting. Yeah. And he was and yeah. and, and Kevin Von Erich said that at them. My dad was hurting. He didn't know how to cope. That was that was him telling his son, "I'm grieving." And I don't want to lose you, but do me a favor. If you're going to do it, just do it now. Now that I'm grieving, just do it. So, cause I can't, I can't, can't, can't go, can't go through it again. I yeah. can't go through it. You know, that all of a sudden everything turns out good again. And then you die. 
And now it's yeah. another one because I'm he's already expecting or his kids to die, you know, and 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 his and he forgave his father. Yeah. yeah, he forgave his father. But our society has lost track of what forgiveness is. And it's hard. The hardest thing to do is forgive. But, you know, everybody's life is hard. Everybody goes through things. Some go through things harder than others. But it's also it's also um, it's also who you are also, because people people forgave Hogan for for dropping the N-bomb a few years back. But they won't forgive a kid who said these things when he was, what, 17, 18 years old. I can guarantee you everybody that's shitting on Lars Sullivan for saying something when he was that young. If you go back to their timeline and see how they were at 17, 18 years old, they probably said a bunch of dumb shit, too. Yeah, yes. I mean, I mean, I no one, no one knows Lars Sullivan personally. I mean, obviously, besides his friends and family, and and you know, I guess other wrestlers. But us looking on the outside, looking in, none of us know Lars Sullivan. None of us knows how he really feels about you know about uh, African Americans. No one really knows except him if he's truly a racist person or not. Um, but once again, I've said. Uh, I probably said countless negative bullshit things about random shit when I was 18 or 17 years old. Everyone has a, a, has a skeleton or at least uh, some bones in their closet. That's in there lingering. You know what I mean? That they would love for no one to know about. You know what I mean? But at the end of the day, he's an adult. If he's not doing that now while he's doing his profession, why should his profession be uh, in jeopardy over son he did when he was a young man. It makes no sense, man. It People change too. People, yeah. He he may have because you don't know what affected it because you know some most people who have a a feeling towards a race, a gender, or anything that 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 separates us, it's because they have a bad experience. Yeah. Like when you have. You know, a white guy that hates a black guy, maybe he got beat up by the black guy. When you have a white, a black guy who got who hates a white guy, maybe he got beat up by a gang of white guys, or or he had a situation where he went to a store, he thought he was gonna be treated good, and they treated him like garbage. You know, and you don't know what it entailed for people to react a certain way. And then in that same essence, you take that same person. Now all of a sudden. You know, the white guy who, who had a black guy that beat him up and he hates him now meets another person who's black who is great and awesome. And that's his best friend. You don't know. You don't know how people can evolve and people don't want to allow people to evolve. It's like I want instant gratification. This is what I want now because I want you to pay for what I feel you have to do. But who are we? We're not judge and jury and we shouldn't be. You know, there are times where we could be outraged legitimately. But I think it's an exaggeration right now. It's just poor. This is really poor execution of, of, of what people want, you know? And, and you know, it, you know, and wrestlers have it bad. We'll go back to the topic of the wrestlers. I'm surprised that Dark Side of the Ring didn't talk too much about the uh, steroid abuses, you know? Yeah, yeah. But what? I know that they have a show debuting, um... And I hate Viceland as a channel, <laughs> me personally. But <laughs> they do talk about this, random, random, silly shit sometimes. Yeah, but... it has like a lot of potty humor and stupid yeah. stuff. Yeah. But you know, and you outgrow that. But you know, if I was seventeen, maybe I like it. But when I saw this Dark Side of the Ring, it, 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 it showed me, wow, they can do something very professional. 
And so yeah. they have another show coming out called The Wrestler. And um, MVP's in it. And he talks about how wrestling's a drug. And it's the he said and he goes in the in the in the in the trailer for it, he's saying, you know, wrestling's a drug. I've tried various drugs. I've tried a lot of them. And uh. this is the one drug I can't get uh, uh, off of, you know? And they're gonna showcase a series of wrestlers from Marty the Moth, which is a joke, but you know, <laughs> Marty the Moth. Yeah, but um yeah, you're just gonna have several things like that, several people and um they're just going to highlight and, and ask them basically what they think about wrestling, you know? Well, I, I'll tell you this much. The one thing with the with the Randy Savage one, I'm surprised they didn't uh, they didn't talk about. And I think obvi- for obvious reasons, they, they didn't talk about the rumor that went around for years for the real reason why Vince McMahon uh, was was so it was so easy for him to let Randy go to WCW and pretty much never really brought him back is the whole thing with with. Randy and and a very young Stephanie McMahon. I'm I'm really surprised, uh, as as detailed and as you know, uh, almost to the point of of dirty. Like uh, as detailed as these documentaries were, I'm surprised they didn't bring that up. And I think they didn't they, bring it up, but it was interesting. Yeah, was because interesting because for that one part where Vince went into the car. Yes, I think Bruce Pritchard, and he was like, "Well, as of right now, Macho Man Randy Savage is proud property of WCW," and everybody was like, "What? Why? How?" And then it just went to black, which left you kind of like, "Okay, huh? Like what happened?" But a lot of us hardcores know that backstory about supposedly a young seventeen, eighteen-year-old Stephanie McMahon, supposedly you know, had relations with 40-year-old Randy Savage. <laughs> yeah, I, don't know. I don't know. It could be, could not be. I don't know. I mean, you know, everyone's entitled to make a mistake. Every young girl, they get intrigued. They see, it's like, uh, the best example is to uh, uh, the, the girl from Dawson's Creek. They used to play um, uh, uh, Joey the, or whatever her the, name was. The the one that that married this dude Tom, uh, Cruise. Tom Tom Cruise. Yeah, Katie Holmes. I'm pretty Katie Holmes exactly. I'm pretty sure as a young woman she saw Top Gun. Yeah, and she saw Top Gun and she saw that she couldn't see beyond that. And a lot of people, a lot of young girls see that they see this wrestler. She's not seeing forty year old. It, 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 I'm not saying that she did anything because she probably didn't do anything. But yeah, if, who knows? if she no, did. No. She yeah. saw, you know, she was manipulated. She saw that, you know, here is this guy that I saw at Saturday night's main event. Yeah, and you know? and you, and you gotta figure see. by then him and Liz were I think divorced by then. By the time he went to WCW, they 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 were yeah, they were divorced for a few years already at that point. So he, he was a single guy. WCW. Which is funny. Um, <laughs> yeah. which, which they said showed how much he really cared about her because he wanted her to make some money. You know what I mean? Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I was really surprised that, that they didn't mention. And obviously, I think if they would have mentioned Stephanie McMahon at all, I think they would have been getting a call from WWE. Um, but um, yeah, I think but, it's smart not to touch a rumor that may have no merit yeah yeah, that's definitely not confirmed and it'll definitely never be confirmed i mean stephanie mcmahon is this freaking social activist and freaking you know she's i'd rather i'd rather if it is true i'd rather it not come out okay let let, let her let her let that be her private life let that let that i'm pretty sure if it happened it was a mistake. Let it be her mistake. Let her live her life with that mistake. And, um, and the know, thing is, it would, 
And the thing is, it would make sense why Vince never brought him back. You know what I mean? And, and it's not to say that it was because of his age, because if you look at Randy Savage late in his WCW run, he was looking like he was in the best shape he's ever been in, in terms of size. And obviously he was roided he up, but... Great. But and he was great work too. Yeah, yeah, he was still a good worker. And at that point, he was what fifty, maybe like he was an older guy because he started in the seventies. They show clips of him and his father's promotion back in the seventies. I mean, the dude was around. A, he started wrestling before Hogan started. You know what I mean? Like he was around a long time. Um, and the funny thing is, what Eric Bischoff was was clamoring about was. With, with Savage came the Slim Jim deal. So McMahon lost a lot of money when he lost Randy Savage. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it makes sense. Why lose all of that? What? Just, you know, for what? For nothing. You know what I mean? And unless some crazy shit went down that they're not talking about. And the whole rumor with Stephanie, I mean, it just makes sense. Once again, it's not confirmed. So I can't say, yeah, that's what happened. It never was confirmed and it never will be. So... I think um the obviously the Viceland guys did great did great stuff with this Dark Side series and they're already working on the second season. From what I heard, they're already almost done on a Dino Bravo episode. Now for a lot oh. of you that oh, Yeah. Man. So a lot That's of you don't know about movie. Dino Bravo. He was a Canadian wrestler. He wrestled in the WWE in the mid eighties mid to late eighties, even early nineties, he was still around. And he actually was involved. I think with the Canadian mafia or some crazy shit and he actually got killed execution style. So that should be a very interesting episode. Um, they're going to do one Dino Bravo. I believe they're doing one on Pillman. Um, they're going to do one on the, I got to look at the lineup again. I got to look it up, but they're doing their second season of dark side of the ring is going to feature a lot, a lot of crazy, crazy stories to get into. And I, I can't wait for those to come out. Um, they did so good with the ratings that they actually selling T-shirts and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They did great. And they have and, apparel, apparel, and, and and merchandise that's being sold because of it. Yeah, and and like you said, the regular the channel itself, they talk about a lot of goofy shit, you know, and a lot of other stuff. I really am not really paying attention to, but uh, this Dark Side series has been really, really freaking great, and um. With you saying they have also the that wrestler series that's coming out, I'm gonna check that out too. Um, and yeah, man. So with with the Vice stories and 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 you know, so once again, rest in peace to Ashley Mazar. Rest in peace to Silver King. Hopefully, Ric Flair has a full recovery. He's been. I saw I saw a meme the other day that uh, Ric Flair has been has been cheating death since 1975. You know, obviously he had the air, <laughs> he had the airplane crash back then. You know, they show him putting Grim Reaper in a sleeper, and this one they show him giving him a chop in 2019. So Ric Flair has dodged death. I think him, Scott Hall, and Jake Roberts have 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 been eluding death for for a long, long time now. So you know, hopefully a full recovery recovery for Ric Flair. Um, so with all that dark, you know, sinister shit out the way, we can actually get into some up to date pro wrestling now. <laughs> yeah. Um, so. Uh, the first thing I wanted to talk about was the AEW stuff. Now, obviously, they they posted a tweet and a little like teaser thing or whatever. They are, it's official. We've all knew it was going to go down, but uh, TNT and Turner Broadcasting and a and uh, Time Warner they're back in the wrestling business, and uh, AEW will be on TNT uh, on Tuesday nights, and they will be doing that once. I'm assuming Raw has the Fox deal and SmackDown goes over to Fox. It's going to be on Friday nights. 
So now we'll have AEW on Tuesdays. And uh, now my question is is for you, Sam, and and I know we've mentioned the roster on many of occasion, but uh, Chris Jericho said on the Busted Open uh, radio show that AEW and WWE is going to go to war whether they like it or not, either side. Is AEW equipped to do another Monday Night War WCW style? Are they on that level yet? I mean, they haven't even had a show. Their first show is this Saturday. and Well, next Saturday. And um, with the roster they have constructed at the moment, do you think it's even a possibility that they're even equipped to go toe-to-toe with WWE right now? No, not at all. And and also um, with the time slot, there's no guarantee that they get Tuesday, even though they um, trademark Tuesday. Yeah. Um, the the TNT has a contract with the NBA, and it's more lucrative. Yeah, um, absolutely. So and TNT usually does Tuesdays and Thursdays. So that's gonna be interesting because well, it could uh, be unless they do Wednesday. unless they do AEW in seasons, unless they they. They like take breaks. I don't know if that if they'll make or it. Or unless they do it that it airs earlier. Yeah, yeah. Because but the NBA you games lose, usually you lose start... a market though if it airs yeah. earlier because it's being pushed for basketball. Yeah, because those NBA games could start anywhere between eight and ten o'clock, depending on you know what 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 team Not like if they're start at seven. Like if they're a West Coast team, like like you said, like a West Coast team, like. Let's say Golden State is playing, and and over here it's probably ten o'clock, but over there it's like seven or some crazy shit like that. Like maybe that can work in their favor. Like they could get an eight o'clock time slot. Now the question is, there's a lot of things we don't know. We don't know if it's going to be a one hour show like an NXT or a two hour show like a SmackDown. We don't know exactly the details. Um, but yeah, man, I mean they're obviously devoid of like household names because. Obviously, Jericho is the biggest star in terms of everyone knows who Chris Jericho is. Uh, Cody, you know, is a big star. Everyone pretty much knows who he is. Kenny Omega, I'm on the fence about because if you're not a hardcore fan, do you really know who Kenny Omega is? I don't think so. Um, The Young Bucks is the same thing. Unless you're a hardcore fan, are you really going to know who Matt and Nick Jackson are? I don't think so. Um, And the thing is, Dicey, too. Cody and and the Bucks are bosses. That's another thing. If you're going to make this company grow, if you're going to have your young stars grow and make them household names, you kind of got to lose to these guys sometimes. You know what I mean? Now, and when Cody and the Bucks start putting themselves over, what, what what's going to make the fans not turn on them like they do someone like Triple H? You know what I mean? So who on that roster as constructed right now besides... Omega, Cody, and the Bucks is going to be a big deal that people are going to care about. I, I mean, they got Neville. I mean, WWE had Neville for years. And you think now people are going to start paying attention? I don't know. Uh, is Adam Page going to be a huge star? I don't know. There's a bunch of I don't knows, and you can't go to war with I don't know. You know what I mean? <laughs> sure. So... <sighs> It's interesting. I mean, let's see what Double or Nothing does. They pretty much have their lineup set up, and uh, I, I I'll do I'll do a, a Double or Nothing preview before the show comes on, just to go through the matches and stuff like that. But you got Cody wrestling Dustin, 
You got a uh, Jericho and Omega, which is probably going to be the main event. Um, you have Pac against Adam Page. Um, you have uh, the Lucha Brothers against the Bucks for the AAA Tag Team Championship, which is interesting. Uh, and if you notice on this card, there's there's not one mention of an AEW title at all. Nowhere. You know, you have all these teams going against each other. There's no AEW tag team titles. There's no AEW heavyweight title. It's just a bunch of random matches put together. Um, you know, and, and you got like uh, the Japanese uh, uh, SEMA and his team going up against SCU. Uh, you got the women, uh, Nyla Rose and and Kylie Ray and 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 Britt Baker and you know the card is solid. It's not a bad card, but is that a particular card you would pay almost sixty bucks for? I don't know. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, so that's a lot, a lot to ask. It is, and 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 it goes to the whole. Okay, they they, they filled up the arena in Chicago. In the all in, um, they'll probably fill this up, but the fan base isn't going to travel. The hardcores aren't going to be able to afford traveling to every event that they have, and they'll try, but they can't. And 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 the and the the hardcores, when it comes to ratings, are not going to be able to give them the ratings that they need. They need to build on something else. They can't just be like, "Hey, look." We filled ten thousand seat arena. We filled a fifteen thousand seat arena. You know, it, it's easy to do when when you're collaborating with all these other companies that are that are paying in. Sinclair was paying in uh, all in. You had NWA involved. Um, you had you had uh, New Japan involved here and there. You know, ROH was involved, and that's where they stole their talent from. And, and <laughs> from ROH when they pulled all in. Yeah, um, yeah, and they had a lot of. That first all-in show, if you look at that uh, over-the-budget battle royal, it was all TNA guys, ROH guys, uh, you know, random independent guys, you know, PWG, random, you know. And, and even if you look at the commentary team, I think it's going to be, what, Jim Ross and Excalibur? Like, who's going to be the... <laughs> like, it's an interesting dyna- It's an interesting web of of different, you know, personalities and... It's almost like the island of misfit toys. You know what I mean? Like it's just a random group. You know, like Kenny Omega, like you know, turned down WWE to be with AEW. Like you know, he's all in in AEW. You know, Earl Hebner's gonna be a referee. Like everyone that has been like shunned from like the wrestling industry, Cody's bringing in. <laughs> well, you know, and and I think um, Dean Ambrose makes his appearance. I think you'll end up there too. Yeah, um, because I mean they're in Vegas. I think Dean lives in Vegas. Um, and they're gonna throw him money. They, they, yeah. they'll be able to afford him. Oh, that's another thing that's gone down since the last time we spoke. The whole John Moxley trailer thing that popped up, and and a lot of people are like, okay, we kind of knew once Ambrose left WWE that he'll probably go back to being John Moxley. Now. Uh, nothing's come out on WWE's end in terms of the contract of Dean Ambrose in terms of a 90 day, no compete, you know, nobody knows anything about anything, but then this promo, which has been real AEW style of promo, you know, because they did the Dustin Rhodes promo and the Cody response promo. And then this Moxley promo comes out. It's 
almost either coincidental or pretty damn close that, you know, that John Moxley's coming to AEW, right? Or so we think. If he has a no compete, he can't show up anywhere. You know what I mean? So I think it'll be a real downer if Ambrose doesn't make an appearance because that'll, that'll boost whatever pop. You know, the pop that that man gets coming out as John Moxley will totally, you know, I think make that pay-per-view on top of everything else that they got, you know? And they're they're promoting, I think the Young Bucks put out a tweet earlier, they're promoting a signee that's coming to Double or Nothing. And automatically everybody's thinking Dean Ambrose. And unfortunately, if Dean Ambrose doesn't show up, no matter who pops out of there, I think it's going to be a downer. Well, the fanboys will go crazy if CM Punk goes. Well, yeah, if Punk is the one to come out, you know, that would be that would be hella crazy because, you know, no one's been able to get Punk to come out except for random indie shows, him wearing a mask, showing up to random spots. And supposedly he's been doing it for the past, like, five years. <laughs> but, um, you know, I... I Punk is such a stubborn bastard that I think he's he's true to himself. And if he doesn't want to be a part of a wrestling promotion, I don't think he's gonna do it, man. I mean, I, I would yeah. I would love to see it. And if he did, I'll be excited if he popped up. But it, it could be something as small as like Enzo and Cass. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, or it could be, you know, I don't know. It could be maybe a surprise like Killer Cross leaving TNA and him popping up. You you never know who it's gonna be. You know what I mean? Which is which is exciting, but at the same time, it's kind of frustrating. It's like okay, you've been signing all these people, doing all these press conferences, and now you're gonna have a mystery signing at the pay per view. It better be somebody big, like really big. You know? Yeah, yeah. If, if not, it's gonna be disappointing you know they they had their big moment in all in when jericho yeah when he attacked pentagon (laughs) yeah that was great i enjoyed that i was like that's not pentagon because pentagon is he was super chunky in that outfit (laughs) you know jericho let himself go a little bit but he's he's i saw i saw a recent uh photo he's been working he's training he's training yeah he's looking good now weird but he has abs (laughs) yeah yeah, he's looking way better now for his match with Kenny in this one. And they had a good match in New Japan, and I expect them to have a good match here. But, uh, you know, I am really, really looking forward. Now, my thing is, man, now they're going to be on a big network. They're going to be on TNT, which is obviously was WCW country for, for a million years. Sure. Like you said, they, they don't have the roster right now to really to really compete. But they're going to compete. They're going to. Now, what type of TV are we going to see from them on TNT? Like, what, they're going to start out like Impact did with the with the small arenas? I would assume they have to because they're not going to be able to, like you said, sell out big arenas like they did for All In every week. So what type of show are we going to see on TNT? It's, it's, no one knows. The product may not even be that great. Yeah. People are so like, oh, it's going to be, they're going to cure diseases and everything. And <laughs> exaggerating. It hasn't, it hasn't, it hasn't even happened yet. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, and they're, oh, 
AEW is going to kill WWE, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh. uh, let hey, me remind that's all of you guys. Time I, I hear that. <laughs> as, as garbage as WWE has been lately, they're not going anywhere. Okay? There's a reason why AJ Styles didn't leave to sign with AEW. There's a, there's a reason why a bunch of guys who everyone swore was going to leave to go to AEW didn't go to AEW. Well, what if they huge for AEW? Is if and, and I've been saying this for a while, and you were like, I don't know, get Randy Orton. Then you, then you, then you're talking. Yeah, yeah. TMZ loves Randy Orton. Then you get a, <laughs> then you get AJ Styles type fighter. Then you're in business. That's what they need to do. Go try to get Randy Orton. <laughs> yeah. Then, uh, then, then you're making moves. Yeah, I mean they they need to get some some high profile because we don't and if if now my question would be them going to TNT knowing TNT will not hesitate to pull the plug if if you do some shitty stuff like what lessons has Cody or the Bucks what lessons would they have learned from the demise of WCW to make this thing successful because i mean they have their version of Ted Turner and 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 uh, is it Tony Khan? Is that his name? His first name yes. Tony. I'm the so they got their Son version of, the, of Ted uh, Turner, Jacksonville Jaguars uh, owner. Yeah, yeah. So they have their their billion dollar play player, like Eric Bischoff had with Ted Turner. Now, I know Khan is probably not going to spend the money that Turner did just flushing it away like he did with WCW. Which ended up being the demise of WCW because you paid so many freaking guys and you really didn't use most of them. So, what what lessons probably can these guys, you know, think or learn to to not have a WCW part two? I I, I I'm not sure at this point. But I don't I don't are, think they learn anything. I, in, in matter of fact, I think they're setting themselves up to shoot themselves in their own foot. They're they're and and if you if you notice. This whole go woke moment, whatever. I don't want to get political again. But it's just when you historically, when you build a business on a trend, they don't work. And they're trying to appease a lot of trends. And all it takes is one trend to go haywire and TNT will pull the plug on it. And and trends, trends don't give you consistent ratings. They're not consistent. You know, they're just what's trending up or what's trending down. And that's what they're doing with the whole, oh, we're going to do this. We're going to do that. Even, you know, I think it's great, the motor sensory thingy. But it's like you're trying to make everybody happy. You're bound to make everyone angry. Yeah. Yeah. I hear that. Absolutely. And, and that's, that's unfortunate because they have so much upside that can happen for them. They are probably already setting themselves up to shoot themselves and... It's I, I feel sad for them. They have not learned. WCW um, did a lot of stupid things and, you know, in, impact at the beginning kind of straight away from it, took all the talent. And uh, even they are, like, dying. And, and, and I keep going back to it. They have a good roster. Yeah. You know, and they have a talented roster, but they're just dying, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's it, it's real interesting to see how how they start out. You know, double or nothing is really gonna 
is really going to set the stage for what these guys are going to look like and how it's going to be. Um, you think it's a one-off for uh, for Dustin Rhodes, or you think he sticks around? Dustin's going to stick around, help his brother. He might not wrestle, but he's going to be there. He's 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 part of the roster as probably a manager, probably um, probably a booker, a co-booker, or, or some sort of promoter, some in, in some fashion. Yeah. Um, or maybe help help, help help train with with Billy Gunn because I know Billy Gunn's the head trainer, um, and you know probably Billy Gunn's kid is probably going to be on that roster <laughs> eventually, yeah, because he just got signed to uh, New Japan, I think it is. Oh, he's going to be a, a a young a young lion over there in New Japan. Yeah, so uh, that's that, basically that works. What doing. They're probably going to use him in one of those uh, junior lightweight um, tournaments and stuff. Yeah, yeah, that works. I think the Super Juniors tournament is going on now. Actually, I think uh, I think it's like day four or five or some crazy shit like that. It but kills I, I, the Japanese uh, organization. Yeah, they, <laughs> they will have like a wrestling event for a week, and you're like, "Yo, can we just end the tournament?" <laughs> yeah, man. It's like, can this be like just a day or two? Like, why does got to go on the whole week? <laughs> What's the one that they do in the summertime? That's like seven days. Oh, the G one, like, bro. Oh, the G one lasts like two weeks. <laughs> That's just ridiculous. I, I got a, a quiz for you, a quick one. Who was the first G1 tournament winner? Hogan. Yeah, you got it. <laughs> He's officially the, the first IWGP IW, champion, yeah. but yeah. they don't recognize that reign. They only recognize the other two reigns. Yeah, they don't recognize that belt like to go with the one that they do now. Like, There's been different incarnations. It's the same one. Yeah, it's, <laughs> like, the same, it's the same belt. two different belt. lines or something yeah. like that. Like they don't they don't recognize Brock Lesnar's belt. They don't recognize Kurt Angle's belt. Like it's just weird how they do stuff. Weird. You know? It's really weird. weird. But I, I think while whenever they have those tournaments, like in the beginning, they show a montage of all the winners. And um and they always show Lesnar, they always show Angle. <laughs> they always show all those guys. But but like the I think it, that's more of a fan thing, you know what I mean? Because the company always shows those guys with the belts, so I don't know. <clears throat> but yeah, Hogan. I, I saw that picture that Hogan posted with the belt, and he was like, "Yeah, I bet a lot of you didn't know I was the first champ, brother." <laughs> yeah, I, I remember him being the champ because I, I remember um, the whole AWA thing. Yeah, before he yeah. got pulled into uh, WWE. But uh, yeah, it was it was interesting. It was interesting. Oh, oh, remember that time that he wrestled Muda. When he first, uh, he was WWF champion, and he was like, uh, you know, this belt is just a trinket. It's just a toy. Oh, yeah, you know? that was around 92, 93. That's yeah, when he, he was took like, it from Yokosuna. Yeah, he was like, the real belt that I won is the one that Muda has, you know, the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. You know, because here in Japan, you know, I don't have to worry about just, you know, waving my hands in the air and doing a leg drop. Here I can wrestle. And I was like, holy shit. Like I'm surprised. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, I'm, I'm surprised he said that he was freaking champion. <laughs> That's why a year later he was in WCW. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was, Paradise. I, I, I would, that, yo, not for nothing, man. I used to love that show. I used to watch that show a lot. Yeah, it, it's it was real. It was real cheesy, but but I liked it. It was like it was like Baywatch. It was after but Baywatch. Wrestlers. It was yeah, that yeah. Baywatch <laughs> and some other garbage show. And then they yeah. used to give uh, like, what was the Loudmouth Morton Downey Jr. 
Morton Downey Jr. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, was just, it was so bad, and you just yeah, watching it. That whole lineup of shows, bro. <laughs> or, or, or being young on a Saturday, just turn on uh, UPN or My Nine, whatever it was. It was called UPN back then. So My yeah. Nine, just turn it on. Like, yeah, whatever. Set it yeah. play. Yeah, why not? <laughs> that was some good stuff. So we'll, we'll we'll see we'll see what AEW does after this Saturday coming. And uh, we'll see what announcements they make about the two, uh, Tuesday or whatever day they get on uh, on TNT for for AW Dynamite. I think the name is going to be called. Um, yeah, because that doesn't sound like an old WCW term. Um, but yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> yeah. So real real quick, I want to get into the Crockett Cup tournament that went down a couple weeks back. Um, obviously, it was won by Villain Enterprises, and they are the current uh, NWA Tag Team Champions. So. Um, the first round, you had the Rock and Roll Express going down to the Briscoe Brothers. Um, you had Satoshi Kojima and Yuji Nagata losing to Villain Enterprises in the first round. Flip Gordon and Bandito defeated Guerrero Maya Jr. and Stuka Jr. And uh, they made it to the second round. And the War Kings, Crimson and Jax Dane, lost to Royce Isaacs and Thomas Latimer. Now... It took me a couple of minutes looking at this guy, and I was like, this dude looks crazy familiar. <clears throat> and then it hit me like a ton of bricks. This Thomas Latimer dude is freaking Bram. Yes. From TNA. I was like, what the hell? I was he's like, been working with NWA for a while. I I, I forgot, too. When I saw, I, I said, I knew who Royce Grace, uh, Royce Royce. Grace uh, was because, yeah. you know, they're grooming him. NWA, he's NWA guy. But yeah. then I, I remembered that... Um, Bram ended up fighting as Bram um, for the NWA title in the UK when uh, wow. when um, Nick Aldis went over there, the 40, 60, 40, 40 days or 60 days or something like that, that he was wrestling like every day or every, every other day. day. Yeah, every, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, Defending the, the belt, yeah. What was it? The, uh, what do you call himself? The, the National the Treasure. Crusade. That's oh, what it was. Oh, oh, okay. So, and then over the course of it, it led up, it was Bram, Bram, Bram. And then I think when he had the match with him, it became Thomas Latimer. Ah, okay. Like on, like the day or the day after. It was just weird. Like, didn't, didn't they have a run in TNA too, where like they were like best friends, but then like became great, better enemies after that? Like they grew up together, yeah, some cool shit. Him, Bram. Artie and Bram, all. James Storm. Uh, yeah. Crimson and um, the other one. And uh, all this. All this, yeah, yeah, that's they were right. All, they were, you know, it was a great card, actually. Yeah, yeah. Rocky Cup was a great smash mouth, old school, bringing in new school. I loved the the Briscoes getting disqualified. At first, I was like, ah, oh, that sucks. And then I said, yeah. oh, I like this. Yeah. So you had Villain Enterprises defeating the Briscoes to get to the finals. And then you had... Uh, um. Isaacs and Latimer, Royce Isaacs and, uh, and Latimer defeating Gordon and, and Bandito to make it to the finals. And then Vill- Villain Enterprises win the finals and they win the NWA tag team titles. You also had a women's championship match. And I had mentioned to you uh, before that Jazz had to relinquish the NWA women's title. And uh, you had Allison Kay, who was uh, Sienna in TNA, defeating, um, defeating, damn it, what's her name? Uh, shit. Da 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 da. Santana, something like Santana that. Santana Garrett. There you go. She defeated Santana Garrett to become the N- the new NWA Women's Champion. Um, it's kind of weird because uh, I saw Sienna 
on that May Young Classic this year. I thought she was going to get picked up from WWE, but they didn't pick her up. So now, now she's the NWA Women's Champion. Uh, Colt Cabana defeated Willie Mack uh, to become the NWA National Champion. I guess that's oh, why, like right? their, I guess that's like their Intercontinental Champion or chip or something like no, that. No, like the U.S. Sure. title. Oh, the U.S. title. Okay, but you and know then... why he, he he basically had to pass down the belt because um he he was signed to an exclusive contract by Impact. Oh, and, Willie Mack. Yes, and so Nick Aldis had a comment on that. <laughs> Look for it. You know, he basically said you're gonna be trapped. Basically, a good talent like him is gonna be trapped. Just true. Yeah. You know, sad and unfortunate. And then, obviously, in the main event, Nick Aldis defeated uh, Marty Skrull to retain the NWA Women's t- uh, the NWA World Title. That was a title great main event. For uh, they had a twenty four minute match. It, it it was good. It was really. I'm gonna tell you something, and and it keeps on happening because if you look at it, all the all the fanboys, all the smart marks, oh, we love the Young Bucks. Only the Young Bucks. We love Kenny Omega. Only Kenny Omega. Oh, Cody. Only, Cody. <laughs> only Nick Aldis. Nick Aldis continues to have great matches with their heroes. And it's not because their heroes are the better, better. It's it's like the whole, I don't know if you got to see the Tom McGee situation. Oh, with Bret Hart? Yes. So they finally unveiled it on WWE Network. All that time they thought Tom McGee was going to be the guy. And it, what that video did was show that Bret Hart was the guy. And that's what's happening with Nick Aldis. Oh, yeah, it's gonna because, be Cody. Because because it's Bret be... Hart Bret Hart make Tom McGee look like a million bucks. That's why. Yeah, and I saw that when they finally showed the match, Bret Hart made him look great. He yeah. did. It, 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 they weren't joking. He made him look great. He did. And that's why I think people undervalue Nick Aldis. They want to see the dive, 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 quick, 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 quick. Nick Aldis took his time with, with um Marty. He made it look smash mouth. He made it look real. He made the Punches look real. It's they not, told it, they told a good story in yes, the ring. They told a very good did. story, all the way from uh, the manager. What, what's that chick's name again? Um, Aldis's manager. I forget her name. Or the the girl bodyguard that he got. Um, the new China. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I think she's better looking, but um, <laughs> way way better looking um than China was. Um, so she she kind of got sent Camille. off kind of early. Camille. She got sent off kind of early, and I remember texting you. I was like, yo, she got thrown out way too early in the match, like, uh, for my taste, which gave me the impression that either she would come back and cheat on his behalf later on or or, or some some chicanery is going to go on to help uh, Aldis get the belt. But, um, but yeah, they told they told a very good story. And didn't Aldis, like, get blood in that fight? Like, he, he, oh, he was blood. He got, he got busted open hard way in that match, if I remember. And... It, it was it was just a good rugged wrestling match. Like it was a good wrestling match, you know. Um, and Marty, I kind of figured Marty wasn't getting the belt. Um, I kind of knew that Nick was going to retain, but I didn't know how he was going to retain. But it was a very entertaining, uh, good wrestling match. Which which, like you said, all this continues to have. With it, it, it could be James Ellsworth, it could be Peter Avalon, it could be whoever. You know what I mean? It could be Cody. It could be Marty. It could be whoever he's been defending that that NWA title against. He's been having great matches with. And, uh, you know, you can't deny it. And and I just think eventually, because you had reminded me how young Nick is. He's only 29, 30 years old. Um, 
I I see no reason down the road with his wife still being in WWE how Nick could not get signed at some point. I, I think eventually he will get swooped up by by the Triple H led NXT machine. It, it depends on what happens with AEW. If AEW starts becoming if TNT something, invests, yeah, if they start becoming a big deal, that they're then they're gonna to have be. to start pulling good talent like like Nick Aldis, and they're gonna try and pry him away from NWA. Yeah, or, because if you if you look at the NXT roster, McMahon in the main roster is is raping that brand too because you know every what every five six months they they take a big NXT star away. What's gonna happen when Velveteen Dream and and Undisputed Era and all these and all these guys get brought up to the main roster? Who's NXT gonna have left? You know what I really want to see with Velveteen Dream? Really, really want to see. I want to see his contract end and him leave. <laughs> I think he can. He has the potential to be so big, so big. But you know he can't do that that gimmick on the Indies, though. He he could he could and he can get away with it. And I you know and I think he can go to a to an AEW and go to have that guy that that Sunny Kiss guy as his manager or whatever, <laughs> and just create so much heat. So much heat, so much heat to the fact that it, it might like TNT might get like threat mail. So much heat, but people will be <laughs> hating it so much and watch it, and it will catch WWE's eye. Like, wow, we had him and we let him go. Yeah, I don't think that's gonna happen. <laughs> I, I I really think that if That'll I'm Tony funny, Khan, but... I'm waiting for his contract and I'm giving him a call. Like, when does your contract end? When does your contract end? And I'm gonna put. I would capitalize on the mistake that WCW didn't do when Bret Hart came over. When Bret Hart came over, the next day, he should have been given the title from WCW. I would have cut whatever storyline that was there. I don't care if it was the whole Sting thingy going on. I, yeah, I could that, do Bret Hart Sting later on. That's the only bad Bret thing. In. When Bret came in, it was the whole like payoff for Sting and Hogan. And it was supposed to be the best thing ever and all this other crap. But they botched the freaking finish to that fucking pay per view, and it pissed me off. <laughs> I would have, I, I would have, because the match was a month away still. I would have came out, and because Star King was actually it was it was not a, m- a month away. Yeah, it was a month away because yeah, yeah, Survivor Series and Star King was uh, at that point Star King was now in December instead of around Thanksgiving because Survivor Series was created to compete with Star King and Thanksgiving. Yes, yes. And then later on they moved Star King to the end. Almost towards Christmas, in between Christmas and New Year's. Yeah, I would have capitalized that Monday Night Nitro. You would have killed WWE in the ratings right then and there, giving him the title. Put Can the you title imagine? Him, let him keep passing you know, WWE. Hogan and Sting, you know, facing off or whatever, a contract signing or whatever the hell they were doing, and all of a sudden you have a Bret Hart come out of nowhere and say, "You know what? I'm in this match now." Like, like just. It, yeah, it kind of a triple it, threat match. Yeah, it kind of brings you back to when is, Hall and NWO Nash. was like, what the hell? What the hell? Yeah. You just took our mojo. Yeah, yeah. Well, I just wouldn't let him take the title right there from Hulk Hogan. And it, I would have been it, like, it, I got a mystery uh, opponent before you face Sting. If you get through this guy, then you can face Sting. Yeah. And bring out Bret Hart right then and there. And everyone will be so shocked and let Bret Hart win. Whether it's cheating, because he was still a heel. Yeah. He want a heel. Yeah. Let him freaking put his feet on the rope or something. Let him beat Hogan, and let him deny Hogan a title shot. Let Sting come out and want a, and want a title shot. Let Sting beat up on Hogan, 
then let them all kill each other yeah. in the ring. Yeah. <laughs> you had enough. Yeah. You had four weeks to work with. Well, WCW was real bad at, at, at promoting uh, big matches and, and, and making builds because look at the match. They, they pretty much forced a Goldberg-Hogan match on Nitro because it was in, it was in the Georgia Dome. And, you know, they could have maxed it out, but instead, you know, it, they, they didn't even really push it like that. It, it was like a, a in-between Thunder and, and, and Nitro, which is only about three or, three or four days is when they announced the match between Hogan and Goldberg. And you still got 40,000 people in the Georgia Dome that day. But you know what? If you would have announced that match a little bit earlier, you probably could have got 80,000 people in that Georgia Dome that day. For, to see Goldberg take the belt from Hogan, but WCW always, like you said, shot themselves in the foot, and they probably oh, the lost. Kevin Nash Hulk Hogan fight. Oh, that the the pay per view, the finger poke of doom. Yeah, <laughs> should have been on pay per view. <laughs> even I, even I, if it was a finger poke, do it on pay per view. Yeah, yeah. Let people get outraged. I paid fifty bucks for this garbage. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? But, but yeah, yeah they they dropped the ball a lot, and I think like I I I think AEW is in position to do the same thing. I think NWA has a smarter plan, and and I'm not favoring NWA, and I know I always give them high praise. It's just they're taking it slower. I know that this fall they plan on having a weekly series. Yeah, but they plan on doing it. I guess they're going to film, tape two shows, and then do one week into the second week, and then two weeks from there. They're not going to do it an everyday thing because it takes its toll on the, on the, on the wrestling. They, they, I like the schedule that New Japan does. They allow the wrestlers to heal. Yeah, yeah. And yet it's consistent enough. It's not what Impact does, that they film freaking four months worth of tapings in one week. It's like, come on, dude. You're like, hey, Really? You expect us not to read on the internet the results for three months from now. Yeah, like you're it's recording. Crazy. Yeah. Let, mm-hmm. let, you know, two weeks. That's all you need to do. Two, you know, pushing it three weeks if there's a holiday weekend or something. Push it three weeks if it's a holiday weekend. But two weeks. That's enough time to give them rest. Just what New Japan does. They have enough content to put out there for two weeks and they're fresh. And they're going. And then there's a pay-per-view in between or 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 a house show in between. That's all they have to do. Yeah. That's all they have to do. AEW should do the same thing. I don't know what they plan on doing for TNT. I don't think it's going to be live. Oh, you, th- you think it's going to be taped? Yeah, I think it's going to be taped. And I think that's a good thing for the beginning. Yeah. You know? Because Yo, they- imagine, imagine like, uh, <laughs> and I don't think McMahon is in the business of doing it, but uh, yeah, maybe Triple H is. But you remember how in, in uh, Nitro where Eric Bischoff will come on just a few minutes earlier and he'll and he'll give out all of Raw's results before <laughs> before Nitro before Nitro would start. When the finger poke happened, basically he did that and he drew because I remember myself watching, oh, oh, Kevin Nash is gonna fight Hulk Hogan. Oh, let me save you your time. Uh mankind's gonna win the title. I said, flip flip. Flip yeah. the channel. Flip the channel. <laughs> we didn't care at that point. We yep. didn't care that Hogan was going to face Nash. That's like, what killed Matt Kai's going to win the title. Yeah. 
Yeah. When he said Mick Foley, who wrestled here as Cactus Jack, is going to win the title, and he had Tony Schiavone go, oh, that's going to put some butts in the seats. That's when everybody said, and changed it right to Raw. <laughs> and had Stone Cold it's, hit all hit the whole corporation with chairs. Yeah. You know, yeah. Back. Because people loved Mick Foley. People don't, to this day, look at his books, bestsellers. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, wait, they're going to put the guy that we think should win? For years, when I saw the Boiler Room match with Mankind and The Undertaker, awesome. When Shawn Michaels defended the title against Mankind, awesome. When freaking Mankind fought Edge, awesome. You yeah. know, yeah. you're talking about all the Mankind Rock matches, awesome. All the Mankind Steve Austin matches, awesome. You know, he put on, he put Triple H. Triple H before that didn't have much credibility. It was like, ah, uh, they're pushing him, they're pushing him. Until that Royal Rumble when Triple H fought Mankind. Yeah. And won. Yeah. That hardcore match. That's what put Triple H and people were like, oh, okay, I respect him now. You know, he was a gatekeeper. He was the gatekeeper for a while. And then people were like, um, okay, he might be the gatekeeper, but I think he could be the guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And people then wanted to see him as the guy. And he was credible as the guy, you know? It's what Jim yeah. Cornette and what um, Bruce Pritchard said in the Dark Side of the Ring, in the um, one with the Montreal School Job. You know, wrestling. I forgot they did that one too. Yeah, yeah. wrestling is you. You're not winning the title. Somebody puts you, gives the title to you. You know, if they believe that you're gonna be putting uh, uh, butts in the seats, you know, and that's what mankind did. They realized. People like mankind. I remember the empty, the empty stadium match in between the Super Bowl. Oh, with the Rock. Yeah. Halftime. I don't know if you recall that. Yeah, mankind it was lost, it, it, right. It, it so, was, no, 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 no. Uh, Foley won that night. He won oh, the he belt. Won that okay. Yeah, because he 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 put the the forklift on top of the Rock oh, yeah. and he pinned them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's they called that halftime heat. It was in the it was in during the halftime of the Super Bowl, and um. They had that empty arena match, which is uh, remnants of the empty arena match that Jerry Lawler and Terry Funk had back in the day. Um, yeah, it was it was real entertaining. You heard The Rock just talking shit to him and and Foley, you know, trying to fight back. And um, and yeah, man, he put he put the forklift on top of The Rock and he pinned him. And Vince McMahon was doing commentary and he was like, "Oh no, oh no, Rock kick out now!" And Foley got the belt. <laughs> and, you know, it was it was entertaining stuff. It was good stuff. Um, you know, I've always been a fan of Mick Foley. Yeah, I used to watch his death matches in Japan with with Terry Funk as Cactus Jack, and and his stuff in ECW against Sabu and and um and Sandman and the barbed wire match and stuff. Oh my God, Vader's the reason he lost an ear in Germany. Wasn't it? Wasn't it? Um, Cactus Jack was the reason Vader's eye popped out and then went back in. No, 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 no. That was Hanson. Oh, that was yeah. horrible. <laughs> yeah, that was Hanson. That, that was actually in, in all Japan, I want to say. Uh, I think Hanson just, like, literally punched him in the eye, and his eye just popped out. And, yeah, it was, it was, oof. That was a rough scene right there. <laughs> and the thing is, they said Hanson was blind himself. So he used to come into the ring swinging that cowbell, and he don't even see where it's going. And everybody's... <laughs> <laughs> That's what everybody was just running away from him, not because they were scared, but they were legitimately worried that that freaking Hanson was gonna hit them with it because he can't see. 
that's funny. That's like Bruiser Brody coming out with the chain, and the fans were yeah, crazy when funny. he did the the helicopter chop with the chain. Yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> I mean, we're not gonna have freaking personalities like that no more, man. Um, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. I missed kayfabe for that reason, but <sighs> yeah, because the same lies. guys. The same monsters that you see on TV are taking selfies with little kids uh, on 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 social media. <laughs> like it's not the same, man. I'm, and 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 I don't. Hold on one second. I, I'm. Hold on. Hold on one second. My earpiece fell out. <laughs> I, I'm in that same essence. It, 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 I don't think we may see anything like the Undertaker again, unless. Yeah. True. Unless. I don't know if you want to segue into it. You could. But, um, Bray Wyatt? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we could definitely talk about Bray Wyatt. Well, uh, before that, I just wanted to go over the card for that Rebellion pay-per-view, and then we'll jump right into Bray Wyatt in a sec. Um, so for, for the Rebellion Impact show, you had a six-pack scramble match. You had Ace Austin defeating Petey Williams, who I'm surprised is still there. Petey Williams... Jake Chris from o- from OVE, Aiden Prince, who I'm not sure who that is, um, cousin Jake, and Eddie Edwards. Um, wow, well, Eddie Edwards is a, a a curtain jerker now. Huh? First match of the night. Um, <laughs> yeah, wow. Scarlett Bordeaux defeating Rohit Raju. I guess he's one of those Jinder Mahal tag team that they got over there. Those Indian guys. Oh yeah. Um, you have Moose. And the North, which is Ethan Page and Josh Alexander, defeating the Rascals, D. Wentz, and Trey. Um, for the Impact Knockouts Championship, Taya Valkyrie defeated Jordan Grace. I'm not a big fan of Taya Valkyrie. I don't know how you feel about her, but I'm not. I'm not the biggest I fan. I would have loved if Jordan Grace they would have gave her the belt, but that, she'll get it eventually. Um, X Division Championship, which is probably the most. Uh, brutal match of the night. You had Rich Swan uh, defeating Sammy Callahan, and I think they had a hardcore match. Um, and for the Impact World Championship, Brian Cage defeated Johnny Impact to get the world title. And at the end of that match, uh, Michael Elgin made his Impact debut and confronted Brian Cage and laid him out. Um, obviously, for those of y'all who don't know, Brian Cage and Michael Elgin were a tag team on the independent scene mostly in PWG, where they were known as the Big Effing Machines. Um, and uh, apparently Brian Cage got injured that night, and uh, he's actually been out for a little while. I don't know if he made his return yet, but um, he got injured. Um, Tessa Blanchard defeated a returning Gail Kim coming out of retirement in a grudge match, which is a really good match. Um, I-, I love me some Tessa Blanchard, so yeah, the more we see of her, the better, in my opinion. Um <coughs> Excuse me. And the main event was for the tag team championship in a full metal mayhem match. LAX defeated the Lucha Brothers to win back the Impact Tag Team titles. Um, I've only seen highlights of the show. I didn't get to see it all the way through. But uh from the looks of it, it was a decent show. Not too bad. Um obviously now they're they're pushing uh Michael Elgin in the main event spot. Uh him going being the next contender for Brian Cage. I've seen plenty of matches of those two in PWG and all around like the indies and stuff like that. They're going to have a pretty good match. Um, I actually met Michael Elgin one time at an ROH show, and he is shorter than me. So, yeah, yeah, picture that. Um, yeah, he, he looked <laughs> short when I saw him confront Brian Cage. I went, 
isn't Brian Cage like? Yeah, because feet? I don't think Brian Cage is that tall either. So yeah, he's not. He's like short. six feet basically. Yeah, for 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 El- Elgin is easily five nine, easily, because I'm about five ten, five ten and a half, and Elgin was probably up to my forehead. So I'd say, <laughs> so I'd say Elgin <laughs> is probably five nine. Yeah, <laughs> he's just five he's seven, just, five eight. He's just a thick dude. Like he's a big dude, but he's short. Um. So yeah, I mean, they it it, it was a good, it was a decent show. Um, <clears throat> let's see if you know they got any momentum out of it. But obviously, with Brian Cage being out, um, you know that kind of derails that. But uh, you know, obviously, uh, Michael Elgin defeated Johnny Impact to become the number one contender for Brian Cage. So that's what we will see in the future. Now. <clears throat> onto the Bray Wyatt stuff. Now, they've been doing this whole funhouse thing for weeks after WrestleMania, pretty much. And um, it was kind of like a Pee Wee Herman meets Mr. Rogers type scenario. And I always knew from Jump Street that it was going to lead to something darker and something more sinister because you could see, like, in his mannerisms and his and just the way he moves around and does his thing that this is not just going to be a kid-friendly thing. Like, it's going to end up being crazy. And obviously, this past Monday on Monday Night Raw, he revealed his true nature when he uh, manifests himself. And um, pretty much what the character is now is when he's all normal and cheery, he's suppressing the inner demon that's inside of him, kind of like what Finn Balor does with the demon. Um, but, But then when he showed his true self and what he was working on his little secret he said it kind of reminded me did you see the halloween remake that came out last year yes you remember in the beginning in the insane asylum where the the conor mcgregor looking dude that was that was the reporter or whatever um had the the michael myers mask and he was trying to show it to him and everybody that was surrounding michael myers all the other inmates were like ooh, ooh," like making weird sounds in the build-up yeah, and he wouldn't flinch. Exactly. Now, what this reminded it reminded me of that because when Bray Wyatt was transforming, you see all the little puppets like oh, like shaking and and making little sounds and all that other stuff. And then when he turned around, he had a and and it was confirmed that the mask was uh, either made or worked on by Tom Savini, who's famous for uh, like Jason Voorhees and. And uh, I think Night of the Living Dead and uh, among other like horror like things the dude is is infamous for. And I think it was a mask that was made by him or his people. <clears throat> and um, it looked pretty creepy. It looked pretty crazy. And uh, honestly, I think this particular character is probably one of the better incarnations of Bray Wyatt. Now, obviously, he hasn't taken this to the ring yet, but uh, just, you know first reactions of seeing the transformation what did you think i liked it i liked it i said there's potential there yeah and and you know what i would do like i i what i hope they would do is that you know when they had mankind yeah and do love and cactus jack where mankind was still a heel but do love wasn't yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, and it was. I would, I would take that. I would, I would take it and run, where he comes out with his red sweater and his khakis and the gloves, love hate, 
And he's and like, he hi, everybody, it's, it's me, it's Bray Wyatt, hi. And then <laughs> in other instances, he will come out as, as that way. And I would have him, I would, I would literally have him fight Finn Balor. Finn Balor brings out his demon thingy and let him terrorize him too. Let him, let, let Finn Balor's, uh, uh, let Finn Balor's demon lose too. And let Bray Wyatt just go on a rampage on the entire roster. Now, I was going to ask you, and yet, literally, yeah, as you were saying it, you think they'll have him wrestle in in the sweater and, and have him be a good good character and all that stuff, and then eventually, like, either mid-match or, 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 like, let's say he'll have his wrestling, real wrestling tights under that outfit, and, like, maybe the lights will go out on the take a style, and when it comes back on, he has that outfit and the mask and all that stuff. Um, like, I think how, that's a good I, idea what you just said. Yeah, I mean, I, it just popped into my brain now. <laughs> you know, you know I, how... I just want to see, like, when The Undertaker used to come out back in the early 90s, 92, 93, when he first came out, kids used to cry. Yeah. I think they should, was... I think they should cry when Bray Wyatt comes out as a new character. And, yeah. his, and, and, uh, and the good Bray Wyatt, don't cry, kids, but the yeah, bad yeah. <laughs> Bray makes them cry. It would be awesome. It's like, I don't want to see the on, kids cry, but on a, no, I would love to. But I was like oh. on a on a kind of <laughs> on kind of like a lower scale. You remember when Doink the Clown first came out? Yes. Um, he was he was the evil clown. Like he would come out and you know he'll spray people with his little water from the flower and all that stuff. But if you do a close up on his face, he his face changes. Like his his demeanor changes. He goes from smiling to looking real sinister and evil and all that stuff. And one thing a lot of people, you know, kids love clowns, but a lot of kids are scared of clowns too. You know what I mean? Because you can't really read them. You know what I mean? And and then you look at that character, and, and they could use something like that right now. And I think Bray Wyatt has been in need of a change for a while. And I think this is the, you know, the proverbial needle in the ass, you know, the, 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 the change that he needed to finally probably get over the hump and, 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 and do something good because, you know, the cult leader was good, all that other stuff, but eventually it got stale. And, and now people kind of put him on the back burner. He's in way better shape. Now he's more muscular. Now he's, he's looks physically fit. And now, you know, he's always had the charisma and now he's got this character now behind them and hopefully they stick with it, you know, and with who knows with the Fox deal, maybe they can go to maybe TV 14 or they can go to somewhere close to what it was in the attitude era where he can really push this character to a very scary direction. I love it. I personally oh, love Fox it. Wants, right? They want something that's almost realistic like UFC. And yeah. so if, if, if they can make it work that he's badass, they're going to want that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Now, now with, obviously, <laughs> before we get into the Money in the Bank preview, which will pretty much end the night, um, <clears throat> the next Saudi Arabia show, they mentioned... Uh, now, obviously, the 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 Saudi Arabian prince that that loves wrestling, that he's the wrestling fan here. Um, they announced Goldberg versus the Undertaker. Now, <laughs> now, when you first heard that, what was your initial thoughts? Like, 
Goldberg versus The Undertaker. Like, for me, this match should have happened maybe 15 years ago, but that's beyond the point. Like, how do you see that match going? Like, is, 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 I mean, I can only see Taker winning, but like, how? How do you think it goes down? I don't know. I, I'm not too certain that Taker wins, but I don't think it's more than five minutes. Yeah, yeah. No way. No way. No. I don't think it's more than five minutes. You got two minutes with Goldberg. Um, Undertaker now <laughs> can only give you two minutes. He probably give you a combined three to four minutes. Because the thing is, because <clears throat> the thing is, one thing we can't say, we can never say Goldberg's not in shape. That that man is always in shape. Taker, you kind of have to think to yourself, what Taker's going to show up? Like, is the Taker that look wrestled Brock at Mania going to show up? Or is the Taker that last went to Saudi Arabia going to show up with that horrible match that they had with Triple H and Shawn Michaels and all that? Um... But the last time we saw Taker is when he jumped Elias at that Raw, I think, after Mania or or like a week after or something like that. <clears throat> and it's like, you know, he looked pretty good, you know, choke slamming Elias, but he didn't have a match with Elias. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't in there for a long period of time. You put him with Goldberg? That was just totally out of left field. And I know the, the the Saudi Arabian prince is real big into nostalgia. Like, I think he he even asked, like, he didn't know that Yokozuna was dead. He didn't know Ultimate Warrior was dead. And he asked for those guys. <laughs> but, um, you know, I guess he had to settle for DX and Kane and The Undertaker. But, um, you know, he's obviously big of a fan. And, you know, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Obviously, uh, I think they announced... The card, I think uh, they're gonna have WrestleMania rematches, um, Seth and and Brock Lesnar for the WWE Champion uh, Universal Title. Kofi, I think is gonna wrestle Kevin Owens that night for the Universal Title, um, which pretty much tells us if Brock is wrestling Seth, we already know the outcome of Seth and AJ for the Money in the Bank. So, oh, we pretty much. <laughs> Why only that? Did you know that the uh, the next pay per view, the Flyer? Of the scheduled matches, no. Um, they have um, Seth as the champion and AJ fighting someone else. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> so, yeah, it, he was never gonna win. AJ was never gonna win the title, but at least hide the fact. Yeah, yeah. That that's one thing I can't stand nowadays. Like, they'll put up a flyer or a poster for an upcoming show or pay per view. At least put on the bottom of that shit like card subject to change or. Or something. Give us the the idea that maybe this guy, or put on the bottom if Seth remains champion, or if he doesn't, then it'll be AJ Styles. Like put it out there that there might be a different champion on that show. You know what I mean? But uh, as WWE's been real bad at that, they should definitely put the card, sell it that, um, put the title on both of them, right, for the poster purposes, and sell it as that. Either yeah. AJ or, or uh, AJ or, or Seth. Yes, Seth exactly. will defend the title at this show versus said person. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. but they just don't yeah. do that. Yeah, I don't understand that. That the what the purpose behind that is. Um. So yeah. So with that being said, I mean, I think that's the next event coming up. I'm not sure when that is. Uh, I think it's in June. Um. 
So, wow, that's going to be on the kickoff? <laughs> I got the list of the matches for the Money in the Bank. Yes, in front the of- kickoff. Uh, <laughs> I was Daniel like, Bryan goes from main event to kickoff. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah, so we'll get into the Money in the Bank. We'll give our predictions right now. And then afterwards, I have one more question for Sam, which I, I feel is an interesting one. And then from there, we'll call it a night because we're already uh, hitting the two and a half hour mark. But that's how we do here. We get into it and we get into it good. Um, So kickoff show, SmackDown Tag Team Championships, Daniel Bryan and Rowan against the Raw Tag Team of the Usos. Now, I, this whole, I don't know if you even heard about it, but this whole wild card bullshit that, that Vince McMahon is pulling where pretty much the guys that were traded or, or drafted from one show to the other can still perform on the shows that they just came from. <laughs> Is this like a desperate attempt to boost ratings or to keep them at least where they were so that they don't drop even more? Or what is up with this garbage uh, wild card rule that they're doing? Ratings. Unbelievable. Ratings drives the money. And especially, <sighs> you know, it's it's what um, um, JBL said one time where Raw has the two hours, right? That's where they, where they supposedly they break even. And then the third hour is what allows them to have the money to do other shows and to do other things and to make uh, okay. money. So, you know, it, it, it generates a lot of income. So if they're not going to keep the ratings, look at, look at how um, USA took away the... Um, not only is SmackDown leaving, but USA took away the extra time. So they have to stop directly at eleven o'clock now. You know? Oh, for uh, for Raw, for Raw, mm-hmm. even for SmackDown, they can't go over anymore. If they go over, yeah. they get off, they get taken off the air. It's like that time when Shawn Michaels was on the microphone with Burr Hart, and something was supposed to happen, and they went off the air, and a great promo happened off the air that was supposed <laughs> to be on TV. I was like the infamous uh, Halloween Havoc where uh, <laughs> where DDP wrestled Goldberg and, and uh, mid-pay-per-view, they, they went over time and got cut off. <laughs> That's horrible. <laughs> Eric Bischoff, have to, he had to have, uh, I think they showed the match in its entirety on Nitro like the next night. <laughs> and he had to. He had to give out like, like uh, refunds to uh, like hundreds of millions of people. <laughs> <laughs> so stupid. Excuse uh, me. So, so yeah, obviously with the Usos being on Raw, um, I don't see them taking the titles off Brian and Rowan. I don't know if you agree or not, but I agree with you. I think they're gonna keep the titles on Brian and Rowan for for a while. Yeah, I mean it's it's interesting. Uh, like just another makeshift tag team, just a random, you know. I mean Brian was just WWE champion. <laughs> Come mania time, and now he has another belt and his tag team with with Rowan. I mean, it's not the first time Brian was in a weird tag team. Obviously, he tagged with Kane for a while, but I mean, Eric Rowan doesn't have the half the personality that that Glenn Jacobs has. So I don't know how long this is gonna last. Uh, obviously, Brian's yeah. I mean, obviously, Brian's gonna carry the team promo wise and in ring wise. So. I mean, Rowan is literally just muscle, so we'll see how that works. It's amazing that that's the first match, considering the next match is the Cruiserweight match with uh, Tony Nese 
defending the title against Aria Davari. Uh, yeah, I, I honestly you know, I've lost interest in the cruiserweight division. Yeah, I, I a long time ago. I, I, just, I don't have like, a. Dog. They did a really poor job. I don't have a dog in this fight. I could care less. I'm gonna just say Tony Nice because I think it's like his second title defense ever. So I say Tony Nice keeps it. And and they lost their the one star that they made. I mean, Ali was a big deal and he ended up staying on Raw. And they lose Buddy Murphy to SmackDown. So yeah, they really have <laughs> they really have nobody now, to be honest. Um then I guess is this part of the pre show too, or is this first match of the night? I guess I'm gonna just I'm gonna say first match of the card, Samoa Joe defending the United States title against Rey Mysterio in a WrestleMania rematch. Now, obviously, I think Rey Mysterio is much healthier now than he was at Mania time, and it showed because at Mania he lost in like two seconds. But uh, you know, they keep incorporating Rey's son Dominic into this storyline, and obviously Dominic, I remember as a little kid being in the storyline with Rey and Eddie Guerrero, which was great. Um. However, uh, how do we see this match ending up? I don't know. I don't know. I does Dominic come in? Um, I don't know. Yeah, I think I think Dominic gets involved. Uh, he's been he's been training as a wrestler though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's definitely been training. Um, but I could see Dominic getting involved, and I could see Mysterio getting a cheap pin, uh, probably on Joe. And I could see Mysterio getting the belt, even if it's for like a week. And Joe gets it back. I just see for the shock value, I could see Rey Mysterio winning the U.S. title. Possible, possible. Yeah. Then they have after that they're they're showing the men's Money in the Bank ladder match. Obviously, uh, representing SmackDown, you have Andrade, you have Ali, or is Ali on Raw? I think I, I'm not. I forget. Uh, no, I think he's on. Uh, you have Randy Orton. And you have Finn Balor. And representing Raw, you have Ricochet, Drew McIntyre, Baron Corbin, and uh, Sami Zayn, who took the place of Braun Strowman. Um, uh, I, I'm, I mean, the safe bet for me would probably be Drew McIntyre to win this thing. Um, but I'm going to go with a long shot. I'm going to say Sami Zayn. No, I don't think he wins. I think... I think McIntyre wins. However, I think if they're going to swerve us, they're going to give it to Ricochet. Really? Mm-hmm. You think they put him in that big of a spot so soon? I think I think they'll they'll they'll, they'll see. I think that I think they want to see. I think they like how people are reacting to Ricochet. Yeah, I hear that. Now now here's my here's my little crazy over the top booking idea for for a Sami Zayn win here. Let's say Sami wins it and let's say KO beats Kofi. Mm. Obviously right now Sami's a heel and him and KO are best friends again. They've been best friends since you know what last year. They also so, attacked um the champ. Yeah, they I'll did. They did. Who's to say KO feels safe because his best friend is the money in the bank winner and he won't cash in on him and then they finally because I've been calling for this for a long time and it hasn't happened yet we have never on the main roster at like a Wrestlemania 
got a one-on-one with Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. We have not got that yet. We had it at NXT. We've had they've had bloody wars in Ring of Honor and PWG and everywhere else in the freaking world for the most part. But we've never gotten that one-on-one like bloody brawl with Sammy and KO in WWE. We have not got that yet. And I've been wanting it for a long time. I, I say they, I think they'll save that for WrestleMania. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping for. Let it be a slow build. You know, Kevin Owens all this time, let's say it's trying to convince Sammy to 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 try to cash in on Seth Rollins or AJ Styles. Once again, we we know Seth Rollins is going to win already. But let's say he wants him to, you know, oh, you should go after Seth and then we'll run this company, me and you, best friends, you know, blah, blah, blah. But Sammy's not stupid. He knows KO's just doing it so he doesn't go after uh, Kevin. Yeah, I mean, and he knows how Kevin treats his best friends. Look how he what he did to Chris Jericho at the Festival of Friendship. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how many times has he stabbed Sammy in the back throughout their career? You know what I mean? So that's my only thing, because, I mean, if 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 someone like Drew were to get it, we already know what he's going to do. He's going to probably cash in on on Seth, but it's not going to be anytime soon. Because we already know Seth is facing Lesnar in a rematch in, in, in Saudi Arabia. Is he going to cash in in Saudi Arabia? It'll always just be the cliche. He'll probably cash in when Lesnar's injured or hurt after a match or Seth is injured or hurt after a match. Yeah, you know what I mean? Drew McIntyre against Lesnar. That would be great, actually. It would be. It would be. And it's believable because Drew McIntyre's a big bastard and, he's, and, and his character, the way it is now poses a, a a threat to even someone like Lesnar. So that makes a lot of sense. But at least with someone like Sammy and Kevin, you got like a whole year out of it that you could work on just by that one money in the bank win. That, that's just by me. Like someone like uh, Mustafa Ali, I don't really see anything happening there. Randy Orton, that ship has sailed and gone. Baron Corbin won it already, and, and it was a freaking flop. Um, Ricochet for me is still kind of new to be put in that spot. Andrade, I don't see it happening either. And Finn Balor is already the Intercontinental Champion, and I don't see that happening either. So my two guys that I would pick is probably Drew and 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 Sammy, just for that Kevin Owens thing, if it even does happen. Because like the question that I'm gonna uh, bring to you after we give our predictions kind of coincides with Kofi, Becky, Seth. And the champions that that we got after WrestleMania, so yeah, so that's that's after we do this thing. So for the women's Money in the Bank ladder match, we got Ember Moon, Mandy Rose, Carmella, Naomi, Natty, Bailey, Dana Brooke, ugh, and um, Nikki <laughs> and Nikki Cross, who took the place of of uh, of Alexa Bliss, who's obviously. Not cleared still. Hopefully, you know, that girl gets it together. But um, who you got in this one? I had um, the one that exited before she exited. Um, uh, Alexa Bliss. I had Alexa Bliss. <laughs> um, they'll give it a Bailey or Carmella. Yeah, really? Again? You think that, you think Carmella will get it again? I think I think they like the work that she's done with the stupid dance breaks. Um. <laughs> I'll probably give it a Bailey. Before yeah, I'm a match. yeah, I'm a I'm gonna go with uh, either Mandy Rose or Ember Moon. I'll go with one of those two. Um, 
because I think Ember Moon is still up and coming, and uh, you know, she, I think she'll do big things on the main roster. I think she just hasn't got her chance yet. Um, and Mandy Rose is another one who she's been on a, on momentum upswing, and you know, I could see eventually her and uh, her little lesbian friend over there getting into a feud one day, and maybe <laughs> and maybe it'll be for for the SmackDown t- belt. Who knows? Now they WWE yeah, their, their feud is brewing. Yeah, it's definitely brewing. Um, or WWE ch- could just give us a nice big kick in the ass and give us to Dana Brooke. Who knows? <laughs> I really hope not. But uh, yeah, yeah. Now, your favorite champion in the in the company, Becky Lynch, has two matches. Um, her first match, <laughs> she's defending the the Raw Championship against. Lacey Evans. Now, I, I'm gonna just put Charlotte in this mix also, and just talk about both matches at at once. My question for you, for Becky Lynch, does she lose one or both of these belts on Sunday? She loses one. Which one is it? The one to Lacey Evans. Really? Mm-hmm. That's what I was leaning toward because I was talking to somebody about this yesterday, and I was like, "Do you think?" It would make sense to give Charlotte Flair a ninth title reign or give it to this young up and coming girl who you're really trying to push and make credible and give her the Raw Women's Championship and let Becky hold on to the SmackDown title. Because at first, this dude was saying, oh, they're going to give the belt to Charlotte so that Becky could stay on Raw with the Raw Women's title, especially now that it's been thrown out there that Becky and Seth Rollins are dating. Um, which makes sense, but I really cannot justify giving Charlotte a ninth title reign. I I don't think it'll hurt Charlotte, her not winning it. It won't hurt her at all. But I think, you know, like, like we mentioned with the whole AEW thing earlier, you want to push your young stars. They have to get big victories over these veterans. And I think giving Lacey Evans this push, uh, it, it it will help her a lot to get that win over Becky and to get and to get the Raw Women's Championship. So I'm leaning toward the same thing that you just said. I'm leaning toward Lacey to get the Raw title. I think she's done a good job, honestly. I don't think that right uh, hand <laughs> that that women's right. You know, <laughs> yeah. it's a good name but, for it. Yeah, it's yeah, a really it's good bad. name for it. And she's athletic as hell. I don't know if you saw she. You she remember that, that moonsault? Yes, that's what I was okay. just about to tell you. And she just jumped off the second rope to this first one and did the moves. Yeah. I was like, you know what? It's similar. It. It's similar to when Mark Merrow used to do that thing where he'd be standing on the rope, looking down at the at the opponent standing. Then he'll jump, like almost like a an about face. He'll jump to the other side, and and do the moonsault. That's what that kind of reminded me of. And and a lot of people forget Lacey Evans was a military like officer. Like she was a Marine or some shit. You know what I mean? So she has legitimacy to her. You know what I mean? So it's not just all, oh, you know, she just walks to the ring and all this other stuff. Like the girl has some talent. You know what I mean? She's a tall woman. You know, she's she's decent in the ring. She's not bad. She's not terrible. Yeah, I've seen a lot worse. And you know she's a good-looking woman. You know, yeah, uh, you know, give her a shot, man. I say let her beat Becky for the Raw title and let Becky keep the SmackDown title. Why not? I think there's more competition and more money to make with Becky on SmackDown anyway. Yeah, because you can you can make her face Bailey. You can make her. You can capitalize <laughs> you should... off the fact that she was like, oh, "I'm tired of fighting you. 
Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. With Charlotte. Yeah, yeah. Competition. <laughs> make yeah. a fight Amber Moon. She could face Bailey, Ember. She could face Mandy. She could face uh, um, one of them Iconics. Those Iconics. She could face. She could face any of them. You know. Speaking of which, I don't think those do those girls don't have a match on this card, from what I've noticed so far. I don't think so. I know that they're probably going to end up wrestling uh, uh, Oscar and and Kyrie. Probably put Um, it on the pre-show. Yeah. And make it five minutes and and then take something that they built up and just crush it. Did you Um, hear the name that they gave those girls? Yeah, I don't have a problem with it. (laughs) The Kabuki Warriors? (laughs) Yeah, I don't have a problem with it. And people were angry, like outraged. Like, oh, you're being racist. Everything's racist to everybody now. It's yeah, like you I can't mean, say nothing. You freaking say God bless you. It's a problem. <laughs> I'm serious. Oh, you're offending me. I'm like, come on, dude. Just what, what's offensive is Paige as a manager, but that's another story. Um, that's... <laughs> they need to do something with her, right? They they, they have her on the contract. They they need yeah. to. They figured it's money. a waste. It's a waste just letting her sit back there. So why not? What I would do Doug... is it's let her be uh. Uh, an announcer. I think she has a better voice than the one that does Raw right now. I can't stand her voice. Oh, Ren- 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 Mrs. Mrs. Dean Ambrose, <laughs> Renee. <Yeah. Young. laughs> like there was, there were other people who who were better announcers. The one that that does the thing for NXT and does the little shows, Kathy Kelly is a better. Uh, has Kelly's a better man. voice. Well, you saw NXT added Beth Phoenix, and uh, I guess Percy Watson quit, and. Uh... They added Beth Phoenix to the NXT announce team, so that's interesting. How does she sound on the on the mic? Well, I mean, she's only done one episode, and uh, you know, she sounded okay. I mean, you know, not too bad. I mean, but you know, I don't know. She's it's interesting hearing uh, Nigel the horrible Mc- guy on and TNA Don um... Don West. Oh, he was, he was the worst. He was, sad. he was the worst commentator of all time. I couldn't stand that dude. Him, I hated out. him. Don't you want to sell I, your merchandise? I hate. <laughs> you know who I hated also in WCW? I hated Mark Madden. You remember Mark Madden? Yes, I, I hated that too. guy too. He was terrible. He was terrible. He was. Yo, you know what's bad when when freaking uh Mike Tenay is 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 the main guy as an announcer. You know it's bad. <laughs> you know? Mike Tenay wasn't that horrible though. Ugh. But it it was like he. he, he he, he wasn't meant to carry it, but no. his voice was good for the show. I'd rather hear Tony Schiavone for three hours than hear Don West for five minutes. Yeah. And 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 that's that Tony Schiavone was good, but I hated his voice. A lot of people did, and that's why Vince McMahon, when he did the WWE for a little bit, Vince McMahon just let him go back. Yeah, like he was only in WWE, I think, for like a year. Um. But he, he did, did the a good job, in my opinion. I, I no, get it. I yeah, he didn't do bad. People just hated some, him. It's just some people are are meant to be like for the southern companies. You know what I mean? Even though when Jim Ross first came, I don't think Vince McMahon really cared for him either. But um, but have you heard when he? You know, you know who's awesome. I'm I'm gonna give him <laughs> a lot of credit. Um, the one that does Bellator boxing. Oh, Mauro Ronello. He's great. He's awesome. He makes He's everything. Great. Like Joey Styles. Yes. He makes everything. Joey Styles made a weekly TV show sound better just because he was screaming. Oh, my God. Oh, and my God. Jeremy Borash. Yeah. Underrated. I don't Underrated. know. And I'm going to tell you why. 
when he did the empty match arena, uh, the empty arena match between Josephus and Tim Storm, which yeah. Josephus carried Tim Storm. He made Tim Storm look good because Tim Storm's a robot. But Josephus <laughs> made him look good. He made that sound like a pay-per-view caliber uh, match. Jeremy Borash was carrying it. Sam Shaw was supposed to be there giving some color commentary. And it was just Jeremy Borash the whole time. <laughs> and he made it sound like a legitimate match. And it was a yeah. good one. If you go back and you watch that, you'll be like, you know what? He actually is good. And I think that caught the attention of WWE, and that's why he's there now. But I still haven't seen him do anything. Well, I think, well, they got him as like a producer, right? Uh, he's not really going to be on, on screen anything for the most part. <clears throat> but, uh, but yeah, man, Jeremy Borash, I mean, he was like the heart and soul of TNA, man. He, like, he did everything for those guys, you know? And I think he also did that. You remember that Forever Hardcore documentary for ECW? I think he did that, too. And that's that he was working for TNA at the time, and he, he snuck that shit in, man. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so back to this card, we got the Miz and Shane McMahon in a steel cage. Um, <laughs> I know that was your favorite mania match, but, uh, who you got in this one? <laughs> Let the Miz win and end this feud already. Yeah, you I know, agree. I... The Miz should have won at mania. The Miz should move on. I like the Miz as a heel, but I guess he's going to be a face. Oh, wow. Um, yep. Yeah. You know, the Miz, you know, he should win the world title sometime <laughs> before the end of the year just to make people angry and make him a heel again. Yeah, like, oh, why not? The Miz. Uh, I used to, I remember when he came out on that show that um, the CW had for a short lived show um, where it was like, I get Snooki was in it, the Miz was in it, and it, it was like, depending on the episode, who was the star. And people say, I hate him. I hate him because of this, or I hate him because of that. <laughs> and then the Miz appeared. <laughs> that's, a, that's hilarious. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. He was a WWE champion during that time. And you could tell he was angry that the guy hated him. <laughs> Yo, I'll tell you this. The Miz, I don't think he hasn't been WWE champion since. Yeah, he hasn't. I don't but remember he... ever him winning it a second or third time. I don't think so. He had that he one run. Twice. Didn't he? Did he win oh. it twice? Oh, he... I don't know, but because I know he cashed, I know he cashed in on Orton, and then uh, he defended that belt against Cena at Mania. But I don't remember the Miz winning it again. (laughs) (laughs) And won it back the same year, and then never won it again. Yeah, yeah, because he's been IC champ, US champ, tag champ. He's won every belt, which is pretty crazy. But yeah, I agree. They need to finish this feud with Shane and get that over with. Um, got Roman Reigns going up against Elias. Who you got there? Roman Reigns. Even though I would love to see them swerve us by giving Elias a big win. Yeah, I agree. I, I see Roman Reigns winning. But like that. I like I wrote to you the other day, Elias is a main event jobber. Yeah, yeah. Because he's always in the main event scene. He's jobbing to the main event in the main event scene. It's just... Jobber, jobber to the stars. Yep, exactly. That's exactly what I like what to see him be put over. Like, he has so much potential. But, you know, not everybody can be a star. I get it. Lance Storm was right. You know, everybody has a purpose. Not everybody can be pushed to the top. I, I, I get that. And, I, and I'm okay with that. I, I, I agree with him. Yeah. You know, yeah. But, but Elias has potential to at least be a U.S. champion and 
challenge for the world title and even threaten that he might win it and never win it, but at least threaten. Yeah, I'll tell you this, man. As big of a, as a star as Elias has been on the main roster, he has not had one belt. Like, <laughs> like exactly. not, not any middle belts or tag belts or nothing. I'm surprised as long as he's been on the roster, he hasn't really gotten at least that middle middle card push yet. But I guess it starts here with Roman, so let's see how that goes. I, I, um, I, I think they could put, like, uh, Jake Roberts, who never won anything there, but yeah, he was always in right. the main event screen, uh, scene. They could do that with Elias. Yeah, they could, for sure. They could. And and Jake Roberts threw it out there. The rumor is Hogan never wanted to work with him. You know, yeah, he was he like, was mad that people were cheering him. You know? Yeah, because they had one match, I think, and uh, the crowd was cheering for Jake over Hogan. And at that point, I Hogan think it was, was like, two nah, matches. Nah. I think like, they I thought it was a that. fluke the first time, and the second time they realized it's ain't a fluke. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, man, that's pretty crazy. There was two two guys that Hogan supposedly refused to work with, and that was Jake and Rick Rude. Oh um, yeah, Rick Rude. Oh my God, yeah, he would have been credible as a champion too. Oh yeah, oh yeah. I, I, at least WCW gave him gave him a run with the with their belt for a while. Um. We got WWE Championship, Kofi Kingston defending against Kevin Owens. Who you got there? Let's just give it to Kevin Owens. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I'm hoping for that as well. Um, and considering we already <laughs> pretty much know the outcome of this, uh, we obviously both have Seth Rollins defeating AJ Styles in the Universal Championship match. Um, and, and we both agree that Becky Lynch is defeating Charlotte at least. For, for yes. in that SmackDown Women's title. Yes. Now, <clears throat> that was our, our our Money in the Bank predictions. Now, the question I wanted to propose to you to to pretty much end this off. Um, everybody during the WrestleMania time, supposedly everyone got what they wanted. Okay, oh, we want Seth to get that belt off of Lesnar. We want Becky Lynch to to be Becky two belts, right? We want Kofi Kingston to realize his dream and become WWE champion. Ever since WrestleMania passed and everyone supposedly, quote-unquote, got what they wanted, the ratings went down to the shitter right after that. Now, my question is, since everyone has got what they wanted, how do you feel it's been going since these guys have been champion and where should it go from here? I don't think everybody should have gotten what they wanted. The only one I would have given it to, I would have not given Becky the belt because it's gone nowhere. I would yep. have not given Seth Rollins the belt because I would have given it to Drew, Drew, Drew McIntyre who could take it and do something more of it. You could see Drew, Drew fighting um, Bobby Lashley. You could see Drew fighting an arraignment of wrestlers and making believable matches, even Finn Balor would have more of a of a chance with Drew than he would with Brock. And you could see um, Braun Strowman fight Drew McIntyre, and Drew McIntyre would carry him through a match. And actually, you would believe that he can kick Strowman's ass because in reality, he's bigger than, than Braun Strowman. A lot of people don't know that. Yeah. He's taller and bigger, more muscle and everything. So you have more potential there. The only one I would have probably stood with, I would have given the belt to Kofi 
but I would have made him a transitional champion. Yeah. And and then you can go on into the next storylines. I you know, um, obviously Kevin Owens wasn't originally supposed to go bad. He was supposed to be the every guy, the every guy out there. That's why someone's giving popcorn and stuff. Yeah. Uh huh. That's right. But you know, but, but honestly, it, I think the whole Big E being injured, I think this was supposed to be Kofi versus Big E right now, in, in my opinion. Um, I think Big E was supposed to turn on him and challenge him for the belt. I don't think it was supposed to be Kevin Owens. And that um, would have been a better storyline. Yeah. But I think, uh, obviously, Big E being injured and being out indefinitely obviously put the kibosh on that. Um, and the sucky thing is, I don't think by the time Big E comes back, Kofi's going to be champion anymore to do that. You know what I mean? Which will take the starch out of that, and we're just going to have a new day return, you know what I mean? Like back to normal throwing pancakes and, and, you know, swiveling our hips and shit. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, I, and honestly, I think it's for the best because Kevin Owen is Kevin Owens is, is best as a heel. Um, I, I don't think I could take a baby face Kevin Owens for a long period of time, you know? Um, so I think it worked out for the best in terms of for Kevin Owens sake. um, but yeah, man. I, I, I mean, it 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 would have. It, it's cool that Kofi got got the belt. I, I knew he was going to win, but at the same time, I always had that inside of me in my gut saying, you know what, Brian's gonna hold on to the belt. But yeah, but, I thought but, I thought there was a possibility. Someone told me, oh, it was predictable. I said, no, it wasn't. I really thought Brian might hold on to it and. Fans would have gone wild at MSG at MSG at um MetLife at MetLife like yeah. what the hell? <laughs> yeah, I deep down I was like, you know what, uh, Kofi's gonna get so close and not win. Yeah, I mean, and then the crowd will be pissed off. But at the end of the day, I figured the crowd would get saved because Becky's gonna get get both belts, and that'll pretty much bring the crowd back. You know what I mean? Because I knew Becky was going to win. I, I I figured Ronda was going to take some time off. And I totally didn't think Charlotte Flair was going to get that belt. So I was like, you know what? Even if Kofi lost, uh, uh, which would have been a serious downer at that point because Angle had lost to, to Corbin, which was terrible. Uh, and, and, I mean, um, the crowd got pretty much what they wanted with Seth beating Lesnar in the beginning of the night. So I think so far Seth as a champion has been okay, but at the same time, he hasn't really wrestled that much. And and for someone who was talking so much shit about Lesnar, not wrestling while being champion, Seth hasn't wrestled that much either so far. I know. I mean, I know, I know it's only been a month and change, but you only wrestled one match from what I know. Yeah, exactly. And it wasn't a title match to my knowledge. So, you know, the one against Kofi. Kofi, yeah. Oh, it was a title match then, because it was title no, for title. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was title for title, but it, yeah. nothing happened. Then they nothing, stopped. It nothing special it. happened. Yeah, exactly. And they made it a freaking tag match, which they love to do. Um, and then you know, obviously, he's gonna have a good match with AJ. No doubt about that. Those two in the ring together is gonna be magic. But <clears throat> so far, with Seth hasn't really pushed the needle as champion. And Becky has has tapered off. She hasn't really done much as champion either. I mean, she's feuding with with these two chicks, but 
it's not really pushing the needle. And and Kofi Kingston is what I thought he was going to be, a boring champion because he hasn't done shit. You know what I mean? So it's almost like, once again, be careful what you wish for because you're going to wish for it and wish for it and wish for it, and it's going to turn to nothing, which is pretty because much what it's been. everybody wants everybody to go to the top, and everyone wants AEW to cure AIDS, and that's <laughs> what everyone wants. And then it's like, dude, like... The the predictability is what makes wrestling boring. The unpredictability is what makes wrestling exciting. Yeah. You know, it, it, it can't always be, oh, everybody got to be put up on top. Some people have to be mid-carters. Yep. You know? Some people are main eventers. Sometimes the main event has to, main eventers have to go into the tag team. You know? division uh but i just don't think they should be in the pre-show when they go to the tag team division <laughs> yeah that that's that's insane man <clears throat> and the Usos like, give great matches too i don't know they do why they do. it has to be a pre just i i just i don't understand the logic behind some of this stuff yeah you know yeah you know i especially after watching the crocky cup which i was like i don't know some of these teams are like eh but it was a great tournament. <laughs> I was like, it was a good, a good, a really good tournament. I'm surprised with that whole buildup for, for Enzo and Cass and the Briscoes. I'm surprised that Enzo and Cass weren't a part of that pay per view somehow. Yeah, you know? I'm surprised too. <clears throat> Just to build off more, you know. Obviously, you know the Briscoes wrestled twice that night. You would figure at some point those guys would have made an appearance to screw them over. Like, like instead of them getting DQ'd, like against Villain Enterprises or whatever, you should have had Enzo and Cass lay them out, and and then have Villain Enterprise take over and 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 get a pin or 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 something. You know what I mean? But you know, for some reason, I don't know if they're just waiting, or if these guys really aren't just signed yet. I don't know, but you know, I guess it keeps the it keeps the questions open and it keeps the the mind wondering like when are these guys gonna pop up next? Um so yeah, man. I mean, uh uh, uh for me, perfect world for me, Kevin Owens. Uh obviously Seth is gonna keep it. I say Lacey takes the raw title and Becky keeps the SmackDown title. Perfect scenario for me. Um so yeah, so that was our our uh, money in the bank preview, and um, all the other craziness we got into. <laughs> um, before I go into all my plugs, Sam, is there anything you want to throw out there real quick? No, I, I I'll save it for next time. <laughs> all right, cool. That that works. Obviously, we got uh, money in the bank tomorrow night. We got double or nothing finally here next week. And uh, pretty excited about it. We finally, get to see what the whole world has been buzzing about. Let's see if it. Uh, let's see if it produces, man. Let's see if it comes through. Um, once again, this was episode number forty-two of the Jay's Weekend Wrestling Podcast. Um, obviously, catch us, catch me on the SND Podcast channel, SNDblog.com, iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, Spotify Music. Um, Stitcher Radio, um, everywhere you get your podcast apps, you find us, you'll find me. Um, now, quick announcement. Uh, Steve and Dan and Vin over there at the SD Podcast made this announcement pretty much on the last show. 
We are now partnered up with ESNY, Elite Sports New York. Um, obviously, a lot of people in the tri-state area will be very familiar with the ESNY app. They talk everything New York sports, and now it is the uh, another big platform that you'll be able to find us over at the SND Podcast channel. So. Just another another form where you can find us, man. And I'm super excited about the partnership. And I can't wait to see what the future holds for not only myself, but the rest of my brothers over there at the S&D Podcast channel. So, yeah, super excited. And uh, I'm ready to take over, man. I'm ready. <laughs> so, once again, Sam, brother, thank you for coming on once again, dude. And... um. And if you want, man, you know, we we we, we get into double or nothing, bro, coming this week. So we'll see how that goes. Um, so once again, this was episode number 42. For Sam, I am Jay. I'll catch you later this week. Thanks for listening. Have a good one. Peace. Using an overpriced trash bag? Pricey, pricey, pricey! A bag that breaks? Wimpy, wimpy, wimpy! Or a smelly bag? Stinky, stinky, stinky! You gotta snag Hefty's Ultra Strong Trash Bag. Always at an ultra low price. Hefty, hefty, hefty! It has Arm & Hammer odor control, so your nose and your wallet will be... Happy, happy, happy! Hefty Ultra Strong Trash Bags. Hefty Strong, all day long. Hefty, hefty, hefty!